All right. Hey, everybody. Welcome to another show. How's everyone doing? Real good. Doing well. You. Yeah. All right. Who do we have on the show today? Uh, Renee Michelle Aranda. Brian Nicholas. Amy Cordova. Chris Fimbres. Awesome. Oh, welcome, everybody. Really excited to have you. So first things first, have we seen any new movies lately or since the last time we got together? I got to see Kingsman finally, and I'm so happy. Oh, that's awesome. Oh, my gosh. It was amazing. That's one of my new favorite movies. Good. Awesome. Did you work on that one? Yeah. Oh, yeah? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Awesome. Oh, so good. That church scene, man. Oh, I know. Oh, church scene. Freebird. Oh, it's awesome. Just thinking about it. I just get excited. Yeah. What is that movie about? Like, I've seen the trailer, yeah. but I have no idea. Like, How would you describe you it? I haven't seen oh it. Oh, my gosh. You guys have to see it. It's seriously one of the best movies that's come out in a while. It's so entertaining. It's just pure fun and silliness, but action-packed. Uh, it's about a spy organization from, uh, where are they? Some, somewhere in Europe. Um, some British-type area. I just didn't want to get be wrong and have it be like <laughs> okay. Welsh or something. It was know. Liverpool. I've heard um, of that place. <laughs> <laughs> something like that, yeah. Um, so it's an organization, and they're just separate from the government agencies. Not CIA, FBI, kind of like a distinguished, owned by any government. They're just all around, like basically the Knights of the Round Table, but in modern time. Oh, that's so cool. So it's really... They're kind of a modern-day, younger MI5. Mm. You know what that is? So is that what you would compare it to? I would compare it. Yeah, I would. Um, so uh, this, it's like a, the world's about to end kind of thing. And then they have to do what they can to stop it. And then there's like a young kind of wild card person that they end up bringing in because they're losing members. and uh, Like to death? Or like, yeah, they, okay. They, so yeah. like so members, members are, are dying. Getting it's knocked not off like people are of, like, I'm, I quit. No, because of well, said like, danger of the world okay. ending kind of thing. Gotcha. They're losing people. Gotcha. And, and it's uh, uh, the wild card guy. And of course, you know, you get to see all the. And it's actually what I really like is it, it took a surprisingly long time to set up him actually joining. It was his training, like before, and then his training, and then him on the team. But I loved the pacing of it, even though it sounds like, oh, it takes a while to get started. Not really. The training was almost as much of the fun as anything else. It was just yeah. really well done. And goddamn that fucking church scene! You guys have to see it. Oh, <laughs> yeah. it's the sickest movie fights I've seen. And I mean, even like the the raid is amazing, of course, because the cinematography and the choreography is just you know professional mm-hmm. and just. But it's just in another kind of light, a whole other genre. It's just so good. I think I said on our very first podcast that this was a modern classic. Yeah, you did. Mm-hmm. You did. Exact quote. Exact quote. <laughs> Who uh, directed that movie? Was it Matthew Vaughn? I think so. That did yeah. Kingsman. Yep. Yeah. yeah, he's a great director. Yeah, I love him. He did the both both X Men or First Class and the new one or no? He, he just did the first new, class. Yeah, he just did First Class. Who did F- Future Past? Fuller or I mean Singer. Um, Singer. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah, that was a good one. Mm-hmm. But Future or the first one I liked. Even yeah. though it was a bit slower than like a, the other X Men. I, I enjoyed I, it. I, I thought mm-hmm. the directing of that was great, but I hated that movie. But <laughs> <laughs> why did you hate it? Uh, I just well for one part of. Part of my biggest complaint with that was, and it's kind of marketing's fault because I felt all the big set or all the big set pieces were in the trailer. Yeah. So seeing the movie, I'm like, all right, I've literally seen all the big stuff. I saw the sub being pulled out of the water. I've seen the missiles being turned around. Mm-hmm. I've seen all the big stuff. And um, I, I'm I'm by the way, I'm in totally abridged this rant, but definitely <laughs> I felt. 
it kind of pissed me off about the fanboys because the fanboys absolutely love Brian Singer, which they should because he's a fucking amazing director. And mm. the his the last X Men was the best one he yet. Yeah, like it's improved on everything he has done. But ever since he left, I feel the fanboys felt they should leave too. You know, so they complained about X Men three and Wolverine and the first Wolverine, which we can talk about how bad they are. But the point is, X all this the continuity issues they had with those two movies. Dude, continuity was screwed to shit in first class. It was there's so many things that were messed up from the first movies that Singer did, and the fanboys were like raving about it because Singer was back as part of it. And I'm like, you, if you're gonna complain about the continuity in X Men Three, you have to complain about this. Mm-hmm. You have to. Like for example, in the very first X Men movie, um, Xavier's like, for, with Cerebro, I can pick up every mutant except for Eric. For some reason, there's something that he has that's blocking my telepathy. But in first class, he knows that the helmet. helmet. Yeah. He's the seen helmet. that yeah. helmet yeah. and he knows he, he can't around. control it. But so the it's thing like about the comic book world is there are so many comic books and movies that that's kind of the point of being a comic fan is knowing that it's just reinventing these characters. But, but it was supposed to be, see, I like the reason I like X, um, the last one is because it kind of is like do over on a lot of stuff because it changes okay. the past. Mm-hmm. And they can move on in a way where it's not going to mess yeah, up yeah. continuity. Well, but because this they one, created the multiverse in that sec in that the one with right. the thing. Well, so they it changed kind of, history. They were basically explaining why it was different because right. this was a different timeline that they had. Started. Right, but with first class, it's like okay, so Xavier, he's all knowing, he's telepathic, but he has a bad memory. You know that he doesn't remember this helmet. And I mean, there are certain other continuity issues that I had a problem with. Um, but overall, I mean, I thought the directing was great. I like the choices for young Xavier and young Eric. I They're thought great. Those yeah. guys were phenomenal. That was a really good movie. Uh, Michael um, Fassbender and the, uh, I don't know. McAvoy. The, McAvoy, yeah. McAvoy. He's good. Yeah. Mm-hmm. He's, was, they were perfect. Mm-hmm. Um, very good choices. Um, but yeah, so, sorry. Uh, uh, recent movies I've seen? Yes. Um, I'm not afraid to admit I saw Pitch Perfect too. And what'd you think? Yeah. And it was okay. That's what I heard. He yeah. has the biggest smile on his he face. Does. You loved it. I loved he, it. Okay. No, because I'm a huge fan of the first one. Mm-hmm. And I was going, I had high hopes for this one, but it felt kind of like rushed and put together really quickly that they, like the songs weren't as good and they tried to like make it more funny. Yeah. And I heard one of the criticisms I heard about it is the characters, like they would choose one trait about the character and make jokes about yeah. it throughout the whole thing. Was that accurate? It was all one note. Yeah. Yeah. Well, they, yeah. Like the lesbian girl, she does more lesbian stuff. Mm. Fat Amy does more fat stuff or physical comedy stuff. But I felt they had like trouble understanding what they wanted to do with the movie. Mm. They try to do too much. Whereas the first one was simple, like girl goes to college, joins acapella group. This one, they're like, oh, life after college. Another girl comes in, um, stuff with her boyfriend. There was too much going on. And then like, I don't know, but it was enjoyable. And I was like the oldest man there <laughs> or oh, only yeah. man <laughs> and straight so yeah, yeah. <laughs> so we've narrowed it down yeah so it was cool like seeing everyone laugh uh like getting to laugh with an audience because mm-hmm. i saw the first one on dvd i think and i laughed but yeah it's different seeing it in a crowd right like yeah. for me it's sometimes it's hard to justify when i go to the theater because tickets are so expensive i mm-hmm. really have to justify why i'm yeah. spending the money when I have a big screen at home, you know, mm-hmm. like, why am I spending? It needs to have a reason. So usually yeah. I avoid comedies. But then whenever I go to some comedy in a the theater, I'm like, this is kind of how you're supposed to see it. Because yeah. you just feed off the energy of everybody else. Yeah, it's like going to a comedy show, live yeah. show. Like, everyone, yeah. you feed off the audience. And yeah, so it's it easy to kind of forget that. Yeah. You know, until you're there, like, oh, yeah, this mm-hmm. is... 
This is why I love, like, when I saw Hangover in the theater. I mean, it's still hilarious, but, man, I mean, mm-hmm. seeing it in the theater and everyone just laughing is awesome. Yeah. Um, Amy? That's all I've seen so far. Seen I've not seen anything new this week. Oh, okay. Nothing that's, new to report. People so. are busy. That's fine. <laughs> yeah, this was a really busy week. What What would you have going on? Well, Spy came out on uh, Friday, so. Are you part of the PR for that? Maybe. Maybe. Okay, well, maybe that's awesome. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Very cool. Did a little bit of um, satellite media tour, but it was already um, premiered in London, so. Mm, interesting. Yeah. It looks really funny. I want to see yeah. it. Mm-hmm. I just want to say that. I don't enjoy laughing with an audience as much as I used to anymore because I laugh so loud. <laughs> and you do. It just seems to piss everyone off. I think it's infectious and adorable. I mean, I'm into the movie. You know, I'll go to a movie. You got me. I'm, I'm, I'm into it as long as it mm. takes. Uh, so if I let loose and, you know, let out a few, <laughs> then you just got to <laughs> kind of roll with it, okay? And then maybe throw out a loud laugh you have. But as far as me, I haven't seen any movies uh, lately, but because mostly I've been saving up to uh, buy comics because there are a lot of comic books coming oh, out. Secret, Secret Wars. Wars has a billion issues. Yeah. Um, Old Man shoots. Logan came out. Yeah. And I was super, issue number one. I was good. super excited. Oh, man, it's amazing. I love the original story. It was a complete mindfuck to me in an, in an amazing way. And the series picks up right where the main story oh, left cool. off. Um, it's different artists and um, Bendis is doing it so the, the writers are different but it's the material and visually is amazing um, and you guys should check out Trevor Reese's upcoming podcast on this network Let's Talk Comics mm-hmm. he's a comics wizard he's he a, is. He's he a nerd a um, he knows what he's talking show. about and you guys when that hits you guys should check it out he's a smart cat yeah he is I was on the first show with him and man I mean he knows a lot of stuff yeah I got to do number two and uh, we really delved into the flash season one and just uh, comic books TV shows in general mm-hmm. um, and it's real fun smart dude very cool so this week uh, the final season of Parks and Rec and Justified came out on DVD. So, um, of course, I bought both because I'm a fan of both. Mm-hmm. And I finished because um, Parks and Rec was it was only 12 episodes. Mm-hmm. And the last episode was an hour long. So I watched that for the first time. I'm usually unavailable to watch shows at nights. And I hate watching them on my computer. So mm-hmm. I tend to wait. So you haven't seen the last season? I hadn't until oh, this point. Wow. Have you, did you? Yeah. So our, It was amazing. I haven't seen it yet. Okay, I won't spoil I anything. I won't spoil anything, okay. but I will say this, and I want to know what your thoughts are on mm-hmm. Chris, and we'll try and be vague for yeah. these slow folks over here. <laughs> um, so with season six, the way that it ended, mm-hmm. I thought was a great series finale, like would have been a great series finale with how they ended it. So I was really nervous coming into this final season that there was 12 more episodes where I'm like, man, they okay. kind of resolved it in a way that was nice. Um, I will say, and maybe I, I'll say this, it's not going to spoil anything. And if anything, it might help it with your it's expectations okay. yeah. is I felt, um, the finale was nice, but I felt like overall the final season worked so hard to give every character a happy ending mm-hmm. that kind of jokes were put on the back burner. So I didn't really find it as funny. You know, I felt like it was so plotty and I felt like they were working so hard at that that it just 
I mean, I there were some parts where I laughed really hard, but that was few and far between compared to most episodes. Yeah, they try to do too much again. Like, didn't they go into the future to like write out everyone's future? Yeah, and like the final episode is it, they expand everything to the future. Yeah, for because every the season character. six ended mm. what, three years, three years in later. the future. Um, when I kind of liked that, they yeah, just, they it. didn't yeah. abandon it. Like we're just going to take you to yeah. three years. Yeah. You no, know, no, we're going to show you the rest of the journey. Yeah, and then they kept um, going. The one and side. I think yeah. them knowing uh, beforehand it was going to be the last season. Mm-hmm. Uh, going into it, I think the writers kind of have that approach like, all right, well, let's wrap everything up yeah. to the fans of Parks and Recreation. We'll be happy that this is where their characters ended as opposed to Community, which had just got canceled a right. bunch of times. Right. You know? mm-hmm. but, which the new season of Community, you guys should watch also. Very good. Very, very good. Yeah. But so, so that was kind of my feeling about it where I mm-hmm. just I wish it was a lot funnier mm-hmm. because I really do feel like just the pacing, it felt it almost felt like a different show. I almost felt like a melodrama at some point. Yeah. Um, but I mean, it's not necessarily bad. I'll rewatch it again. I love that show. And I think part of it is I'm really missing Rashida Jones and Rob Lowe mm-hmm. in the final season because they're not in it. I really do feel my friends are tired of hearing me say this, but the moment that the episode that Adam Scott and Rob Lowe came aboard, I felt like the group dynamic of the show became perfect. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like everything was just perfect and neat and structured and just awesome. The dynamics were great. So it always worries me when certain people leave how what's going to happen. Yeah. And they just never really found, you know, replacements or found a way to bring that dynamic back. So I think mm-hmm. that I guess that kind of worked for their benefit with the final season because there were so many independent storylines versus let's right. band together because everybody's sectioned off. So, and the only thing I did not like at all, and even though I get why they did it, I still don't like it, is three years into the future, um, Ron Swanson and Leslie are like bitter enemies. And I just didn't like that because I feel like with her personality, they would, she would not have let it go that far. Yeah. So that's that was just, and I feel like that it was a yeah. gimmick for that final season. And I get, like I said, because it lasted they, a few episodes. Yeah, it lasted like three or four episodes. Yeah. And I just, I didn't. I don't buy that that she would ever allow that to happen. Yeah, she's too persistent and oh, loves yeah. Ron too much to like let that happen. Yeah, and even yeah. the episode where they finally yeah. kind of get back together and how she, you know, brings them back together. They, like, tied, they tied it up nicely though. Yeah, yeah. Of his reasons for doing they what did. he did. I just feel like, like that would have been she didn't even realize because she was so busy. Mm-hmm. Like, it, yeah. I think it was wrapped up nicely. When did Rob Lowe and Rashida Jones leave? Was it season six? Season or, six. A couple episodes left of the season. Okay. Because I felt like that was pretty much like the finale to me. Yeah. Because like, yeah, they're leaving. Everyone's disbanding yeah. and going their separate ways. Yeah. I think Ray, or, uh, Well, at the Abby end Plaza. of that season, Tommy had Tommy's Bistro. Yeah. And didn't, you know. didn't uh, someone go to DC or something? Oh, well, she got the... She got the... The, 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 the National Parks oh, job. Okay. Yeah. So, I don't so know. and it was in DC, but she got it brought over to right. Being she convinced them to use Ron that. cleaned yeah. out the whole mm-hmm. second floor. Yeah. Oh, okay. So, but I mean, it was it was enjoyable. I did like it. Um, I just I I'm just a little sad that they compromised so much of the humor to give a nice little Hollywood ending for everybody. Was it sad at all? Were there any? I was sad at the, mm-hmm. the end. Yeah. Uh, the, it was I, it was a very bittersweet and ending that I thought was it was touching. I got a little a little emotional. I did. I tend to get honestly like yeah. I get so connected to my TV characters. That You're good. That means I, they're doing their job. Yeah, yeah, I am not. I am not ashamed to admit it. And Friends is my favorite sitcom ever. <laughs> and that final episode, I still get like, <laughs> God damn it, <laughs> get off the plane. Yeah. You know, <laughs> but I, I'm not ashamed to admit that, man. But um, 
But yeah, and then the the movie I saw. Has anyone seen the documentary Winnebago Man? No. No. Mm-hmm. Oh, it's fascinating. It's very interesting. So it is about. I don't know if you've ever seen this on YouTube. It is about um, Winnebago, their industrial video, rec- like their when they were recording the industrial video of the spokesperson guy. Oh, he the has angry basically, guy? yeah, the oh, angry guy, wow. the angriest man yeah. in the world is dubbed. But okay. he basically, you know, would be like, "This nice compartment is God fucking damn it! What's my line?" <laughs> and he's like, "Let's and, go again! Let's go! Yeah, again. let's go again! Yeah, what the I line? I, I even so wrote this times. shit." Yeah. yeah, so basically so it's about this viral guy it. who loses oh, his shit. Gosh. This viral guy and the, the guy running the documentary, the filmmaker, is just like, where is this guy? Because he dropped off the grid. Literally, he hired a private investigator. And the, oh. even that guy's like, I can't find a record of him. <laughs> and he finally found him and he's living up in Northern California. <laughs> and, but what's interesting about this documentary is it's definitely not the documentary the filmmaker was going for. Because when he's talking to this guy, he's... This dude is very private. Mm-hmm. Like he'll ask him just like, hey, where did you grow up? And the guy's like, we're not going there. I'm yeah. not going to talk to you about it. And he's like, what do you want to talk? You know, like, why are you agreeing to meet with me when yeah. you don't want to talk about anything? You know, yeah. he wants to paint this guy. Just the the premise of previously recorded live is the fact that it's when there's someone who's, which is my podcast, where it's like, I think people nowadays want to be able to relate to the people they see on TV or in the movies. They want to feel like they can be buddies instead of putting them on a pedestal. So that's kind of what this guy's trying to do is like, you know, you have fans out there who you don't even know, didn't even know existed. Like let them get to know you. Mm -hmm. And he just does not want that. And there's the filmmaker does the voiceover for the documentary. And it's very interesting that his internal monologue about like, I don't, I'm not sure what to do. This guy's so unpredictable. It's very interesting. So if anything, it's a great, it's not the documentary he was going for, but it's a totally different beast. And if you're in the filmmaking world, I think it's fascinating to watch because it's just like, this isn't a controlled environment like scripted, you know, it's just like, what do you do when the focus point of what, of your project does not want to be, or he does not intend, does not, you know, follow through. And it's very, it's very fascinating. It's on Netflix streaming. Oh, okay. It's short. It's short, but it's yeah. very interesting. Hmm. Um, awesome. Any Anything else before we get to weekly news? Okay, yeah. cool. So, yeah. So, Brian, my partner in crime, is going to start joining us for the movie news and things that we talk about here. Um, let's see. So let's let's talk about one piece of news that came out. So Disney has greenlit another uh, live action remake of a Fantasia short. Live action. The Night on Bald Mountain, which is kind of a creepy. <laughs> that the, was the, the creepy fucking one. weird. Yeah, one, the big demon yep. thing. This just no. like gave me nightmares when I was growing up. <laughs> so Disney is developing a live action, and of a lot that. of people, a lot of oh. people don't know this, but um, from 2010, the Sorcerer's Apprentice movie was based on a short from Fantasia, mm. and a lot of people did not know that. But Disney has done Cinderella. Um, Beauty and the Beast is coming up. So yeah, and I just think they're just gonna keep going. And um, I'd like to see Aladdin. So uh, yeah, Ooh, I just I just want to open this up. What do we think about Disney developing these live action remakes of their classics? Why not? Why aren't they making money like Maleficent and yeah. uh, uh, that's a that's Allison not one. really retelling, but oh yeah, but but I mean, but it is it falls in that in that line of that's where a lot of money is being made, and that's why they're yeah. doing it. And Oz. 
I say kudos for some of those like weird twists they're taking on their own stories because they're they're bringing in a lot of relevant issues of today and finding a way to bring that to the youth of tomorrow. Yeah, yeah. Just like how we uh, people our age where they would watch the cartoon version of it, the movie, and they fall in love, right? Well, mm-hmm. this generation wants yep. to see it in three D mm-hmm. mm-hmm. um, yeah. with actresses they know, you know. So it's just it's the same stories, but for the new generations, which is cool. Yeah. Yeah, it was. I read an article this week, basically about the validity of remakes, and you know, on childhood, or you know, on kids' properties and things, and you have people yelling about, "Oh, you know, you're ruining my Ninja Turtles," <laughs> and the 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 writer of this is just like, "Uh, have you gone back and watched the original Ninja Turtle <laughs> yeah. cartoon? It's a piece yeah. of shit." Go Ninja, go Ninja, go. That's from Teenage Ninja Turtles two, mm. but the cartoon, which is bad, is what I grew, which is very bad. But I so I grew up watching that cartoon, and this, you know, really spoke to me because I remember being in college, and one of my buddies owned season one of the cartoon. I'm like, hell yeah, we're going to watch this thing. Mm -hmm. And I started watching it and I was like, oh, oh no. (laughs) Because it is so bad. The animation is awful. It's just really bad. But the the focus of the article is just like, this isn't hollowed ground. Mm -hmm. You know, this is stuff that if those kids fell in love with it, of course they're going to remake it because it's not some sacred, it's a business. They're going to remake it in a way that makes sense for today's climate. Mm-hmm. You and know? it's for kids. It's not for us. It's, it's rated PG right. for a reason. Right. It's not rated R. You can enjoy <laughs> it as an adult, but you have yeah. to realize that it's not intended for you. Yeah, so don't say like they're fucking shit up because it's not for you. It's for a little kid yeah. who's just like, oh, Ninja Turtles. Yeah, and, it's cool. And they're giving us Deadpool, okay? Okay. That, that's the one they're giving us. Yeah, they're like, giving are you guys going to have this one? The kids, you guys going to be an adult one. Is it going to be rated R? Yeah. yeah. It'll be rated it's R. It's a hard R. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. cool. That's uh-huh. awesome. Yeah. So, and it's interesting, even with going back to Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, the first actual movie kind of fell more in line with the tone of the comic book, which was really dark and it was really serious. But yeah, the second one was definitely kiddified. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, very slapsticky. And the third one I refuse to talk about. But um <laughs> but the first one even it has like issues with it. It's not a very it's an independent movie yeah. and it's not very good. Yep. It's pretty slow. Uh-huh. And there's it's really dark like yeah. actual like like not yeah, visually dark. Like it's hard to see some stuff. Mm-hmm. And, it's and not, it works. I mean yeah. it works for what it is, but mm-hmm. yeah, it definitely did have have issues because people I mean, hold stuff up because of nostalgia that it's like amazing but do. if you go back and see like tv shows or anything from the 90s that you grew up with or play video games too i, I remember i played like some game that i loved as the 90 in the 90s but like i couldn't play more than 10 no. minutes of it <laughs> well and i i always bring up transformers because people are like when the first movie came out they're like oh my god what a bastardization i'm like do you I grew up with the 80s Transformers cartoon, which made no goddamn sense. It was to sell toys. The the storylines for Transformers didn't make sense until Beast Wars. That's when they're just like, hey, maybe we should give them a story. And maybe we should give story arcs instead of there was one show. Even as a kid, like, I mean, I, I wasn't a, you know smarter than the average kid. But even as a kid, this one episode... The Decepticons have Optimus and all the Optimals or all, all those the good guys like in this mountain, and the Decepticons are shooting the shit out of this mountain like they could just take out the good guys. And all of a sudden, Megatron's like, "Okay," and then they uh, left. Next time. And then, well, he basically <laughs> let them out. Yeah, exactly. And I'm like, that makes no sense. So to me, I'm like, the movies are better than what the source yeah. material was, even if that's not necessarily a raving endorsement. Yeah, but still, you shouldn't. 
that shouldn't be an excuse to have no story at well, all. Well, but I just, <laughs> but no, but I'm just, my whole point is you shouldn't act like they're destroying yeah, the yeah, source yeah. material when the source material is, nostalgia is not the same. Because it's like clearly it was a kid show and then they like sexified yeah. it. And so I think it was like, well, all these kids that wanted to go see it because they have the toys, like adults don't buy the toys anymore. But the adults the were the ones kids. complaining Says about you. it. Be, well, because it's the, par- it's the parents who took their little kid to go see Transformers movie because they love their Transformers, and then they go and see what Megan they saw. Fox. Yeah. yeah. Hey, we just saw her belly, okay, and it was her. glorious. So you guys, but the fourth, wrong. the fourth one had like a rape joke in it. Did anyone see the fourth what? one? No, no one I, I, I did. What are you talking? Was about? it like robot on robot rape? Or? No, like like he's dating. He was twenty. Dated a twenty a sixteen oh, year old. Oh, they about the, Yeah, like oh Romeo and Juliet law. Like why? Well, they Why kinda, is that yeah, in there? They kind of <laughs> And Jeez. same thing, I remember when the 18 movie came out, someone, there's a scene where a tank's falling from the sky or whatever, mm-hmm. and, and some reviewers like, I don't think that that's, you know, very um, possible. And I'm like, mm-hmm. do you remember the TV show? Like thousands of bullets were shot at people. No one ever got hit. Mm-hmm. Like, even, even now, go watch any of the Fast and Furious movies. Yeah. You oh can't do that well, shit if you want to see some crazy stuff happen yeah. on the screen. Well, at least they know how to kind of not take themselves seriously. Like yeah. seriously yeah. take themselves not seriously. Yeah. And it works. Yeah, they know what they're doing with that Fast and Furious. I'm still a fan. Even though I didn't like 7. Sorry. Yeah. Oh, that's right. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't like 7. I like 6, but then 7 dropped off for me. Yeah. Interesting. It went too far. If there's a point, <laughs> it was a little silly. That's for sure. Yeah. And speaking of Disney, and this kind of brings up our box office ripple effect conversation we had last week. Disney is also developing a sister act remake. I heard. <laughs> I don't know how I feel about it. So, and it's, that's definitely it, a ripple effect from Pitch Perfect doing so well. Oh yeah, mm-hmm. number three highest grossing uh, mm-hmm. musical. Yep. Wow. It's doing wow, really well, and I think idea. there's a third that's one. Impressive. Rebel, Rebel, um, Will, Wilson. Wilson. Yeah, is she, she gonna already start. Or she signed uh, up for a third one before the second one even came out. Okay. So, well, it's doing really well. Yeah. It costs like nothing. Well, like 15, yeah. 50 million. Yeah, and then it's doing like three hundred million worldwide. I want to say. Wow. I don't know. So how do we? How you're not sure how you feel about this? Uh, I think it's a brilliant, brilliant idea on the producer's end because of Pitch Perfect, and also on top of banking that the musical just did well using an, a, a recognizable name like Sister Act. So you're getting new people in because it's mm-hmm. a musical and then you're getting that entire fan base of, mm-hmm. well, I have to go see this and see if it's bad or good yeah. or not because it's the Sister Act. It's like, and once again, reintroducing it to new people. Yeah, to I mean, kind of... Because the first one's great. I know. That's, oh it's kind God. of like what, when they started remaking Charlie or when mm-hmm. they made um, Charlie and the, or Willy Wonka, quote unquote, mm-hmm. instead of Charlie and Chocolate Factory. It was one of those movies I was thinking, why? Like why do you feel like you need to, of all movies, why this one did you mm, feel like needed yeah. to be redone next? Yeah. And then they totally made it different and weird like that. So I'm, They made I'm, it more Tim Burton to the book. Well, yeah. they made it closer to the book. Too. Oh, really? Yeah, because Ronald Dahl, who's the author of it, hated the I Willy heard, Wonka and the Chocolate. Yeah. He hated it because it was too little kitty, where it's okay. not the morality tale that he was trying to tell. Okay, but even the first one was really dark. There's yeah. like there, a scene. The tunnel scene yeah. scared the shit out of me <laughs> yeah. as a kid. Like, oh, my yeah. God. It was so out of place. Yeah. And Gene and Wilder me, just knows. Yeah. Give me more to Gene Wilder than oh to the books. God. Yeah. <laughs> I know. I'll take that every time. What What do all of us think about? Sister Act? Yeah, Sister Act. I just hope they put Whoopi in it. Yeah. Is Whoopi going to be in it? I, I'm sure she'd do a cameo, right? <laughs> I no, so. no, no. I want she a wants big to... part. Yeah. It's not like the main character. Yeah. She has to come back and reprise her role and do the whole nun thing. Yeah. Yeah. That'd be great to see Nonsense. her kind of just play... Mama, that'd be great if she Mama was Mother Superior yeah, or whatever. Exactly. 
That would be pretty great. That'd be like Huey Lewis's part in Back to the Future. I'm sorry, you guys are just too loud. Everybody remember that? No, I don't. Oh, it's in the Huey Lewis in the news who does the theme song. Yeah, yeah Power of Love. Yeah, yeah. Um, in the in the scene where um, Marty McFly and his band are auditioning for the for the show or oh, whatever. Back to the Future One. Yeah, in the yeah, first in one. the auditorium. And yeah, then yeah, yeah. Huey okay. Lewis yeah, is the guy in the audience, like, "I'm sorry, you guys are just too loud." Uh, okay. As if that's a nod. Like Huey Lewis was this badass rock star. <laughs> like, that was the joke. I'm like, uh. <laughs> pretty pop guys but with the sister act thing i think like i haven't seen that movie since i was a child so i wonder if i do watch it now will it be any good so here's what makes me feel positive about it is because from the movie it's they've adapted it to a stage musical since then so it's still been going and it still has been fresh and they've kind of rewritten certain things to make it more relevant so i feel like of other things that kind of took 20 or 30 year break to be remade, I, I think it's the script is fresh enough now for the stage version that it will probably, unless they hire some bad actress, it's probably going to be a pretty seamless transition to at least be relevant to today. Hmm. So I think it's so that gives me hope as opposed to other stuff that's been like in the vault for decades. I see. So yeah, that's that's my. So problem. whatever they do, they shouldn't hire Elizabeth from Saved by the Bell. She's a great dancer. Well, and they had that the one episode where they were a girl band. So I mean she could, Oh yeah. I don't even remember was, that song. Was it a girl band? Yeah, it was a girl band where they did the, the exercise video oh, while yeah, they were yeah, singing. Yeah. Well jumping on a little trampoline workout trampoline. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Save by the Bell still holds up. I oh. can watch that still. Yes. So yeah, I, I just recently uh, caught my older brother watching reruns of that. Walked yeah. Through. I was like, what are you doing? Nothing. Is that Screech? Did I just see Screech? It was on Zach a minute ago. <laughs> uh, so do we want to talk box office? Oh, you want me to bring up box office? That's why I'm here because I just thought it was interesting about the box office this weekend. Spy, which you were talking about, got really good reviews. To me, it didn't look very good on the trailer. I'm like Melissa McCarthy, Goofy, whatever. It's like 95% of Rotten Tomatoes. Yeah. Killed the box office with like 30 million. 30 million. And then, well, beat San Andreas. But then Entourage. Yeah. San Andreas rocked the box office, quote unquote. <laughs> but, uh, and then but San Andreas. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't do that. That was from an article. Don't fault me for that. <laughs> ah, that was another pun. Yeah. Oh, fault you. <laughs> ah. oh, I'm just built into one. that. That's a good one. But um, an entourage didn't do well, which is like, I didn't expect it to do amazing, but I thought mm, it, but I, it made a bunch of money, didn't it? No, it made million. $10 million oh, for the it. opening Somebody, yeah. I thought someone was like, it's like $530 million. Or fi- no, it was the well, opening day. It was 50, million. <laughs> no, that's what it was. It was opening day. It was $53 yeah. million. No, right? no, no. Five, five million. 5.3 $5. $5. $5. $5. $5. $5. $5. $5. $5. $5. probably. I read some. $10 million for the weekend. Over the weekend. This weekend, yeah. Which is bad. Did anybody yeah. go see it? No, I haven't seen it yet. But for the for the midnight, I think uh, Wednesday night midnight it came out. It made five million on that night. Yeah, uh-huh. it so had a then, good first night. Yeah, but then that's what I remember. So here. seventeen million total on a thirty million dollar budget mm-hmm. from an HBO movie or HBO series that yeah. was pretty popular. Yeah, and I don't know. I, I don't think they're gonna make a sequel now because I, know. They, they, I think <laughs> they, they waited, waited too long. long. Yeah, yeah, to yeah. put out the first one. You know, if you would have done it a couple years after the show ended, it probably yeah. maybe made. it'll be one of those things that people are just busy and they'll get to it when they get to it, kind of thing, and it'll slowly trickle in. I think it'll do better on DVD. That's what I feel like because mm. people watch that at home, so they're yeah. not going to go to a theater they're to watch used it. To watching it on TV, so yeah. maybe it's weird to 
to go and see the movie or something. No, this isn't right. You guys should be smaller. Oh. <laughs> I don't trust his big screen versions of the characters. I have to give a shout out, though. I went to a, um, a charity event uh, late last year, I think, or really early this this year, where um, Jeremy Ferrero was one of the uh, guys in attendance. And it was to raise money for this project called Freehab, where they built this warehouse right next to another building. Where, or they're, they're building the inside of this warehouse to be a facility that houses homeless women in LA. They pull them off the streets that um, when the foster care system is not the greatest thing in the world. So the kids age out and then they're just homeless. Mm-hmm. And that's what happens to them. They you know, have all these... Yeah. They don't have a lot of good work opportunities, so they house them. And then now this freehab program is training them to interview and to build some skills for them so they have skill sets by the time they are, are awesome. aging out of the program. Mm-hmm. So Jeremy donated thousands of dollars yeah. that night to that program, and I thought that was uh, awesome. Yeah, I've heard a lot of good things about that, dude. Yeah, he's a nice guy. Which one? Jeremy Pippen? Jeremy Ferreira. No. Or- because there, there's Jerry, two. Jerry Ferreira. Jerry. Jerry. Sorry. No, yeah, Jerry Ferreira. Sorry. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Turtle. Jay. Yeah, yeah, Turtle. Mm. Sorry, sorry, Jerry. <laughs> Turtle, <laughs> but yeah, cool guy. Yeah, owns Pat Sal's. Great place to eat. Mm-hmm. Love it. Yeah, he's, <laughs> he's not. He's quite the entrepreneur now. Yeah, what? Fat Sal's Deli. Oh, okay. It's great so, to treat myself. No, it's so funny. I went to UCB a couple weeks ago, and Rob Hubel was talking about how they got an early copy of the script. So, mm-hmm. the, in order to not get in trouble, they waited until the very last minute to post. On to like that they were going to do a reading of it on stage at UCB. So they waited like the day of and put the information up. And Rob's just like, he's like, I shit you not. The first line of the movie. So what it is, I don't know if they've changed it since then, but this is just what I heard. First part of it is Vinny's on this like boat full of him and women like in bikinis and stuff, which seems realistic for that movie. Yeah. And the first line of it is the other three are on a boat going towards that big boat. And, um, Drama's looking through binoculars and he goes, Bro, look at all that pussy, bro. He's like, That's the first line of the movie. Oh my gosh. <laughs> They're giving the fans what they want. Wow. But that's a that's a thing. I will see this movie when it comes out on DVD. Yeah. And I was already like I once I think a lot of people are waiting for it to be on DVD. Probably just, not. Yeah. I'm just gonna do that. Um but for me, I love the premise of the show. I've seen every single episode. I love the premise of the show. But every season finale, after watching, I'm like, that's it? Like, the show, I feel, they went for the cool factor, and it's been called lifestyle porn. And I yeah. really do feel that's what, it's just so disappointing that they could t- have this opportunity to provide this biting commentary about the the, the life of Hollywood. Yeah, but instead, I always felt like it was a reality show. I thought it was. I totally thought it was. I was like, okay, here's like the Shaws of Sunset or whatever that other show where yeah. they're just a bunch of rich assholes who just go and yeah. brag Basically about their lives like, and get paid awesome? to brag about their life. <laughs> and then when I saw it and it was like, no, this is like it's Mark Wahlberg wrote this based on him and his friends and whatever. And I was just like... Wait, what? What? Somebody sat down and wrote this? Yeah. <laughs> oh my well, gosh. Well, it's Doug Allen wrote it. Yeah. Loosely based off of Mark Wahlberg's life. Mark helped get it greenlit mm-hmm. and helped keep it afloat by saying, hey, this is based off my life. Well, the you first know? like two, three seasons, I think, until yeah. he got Aquaman, I think that's when it started Pretty breaking much. off. Yeah. Yeah. But it just, it was more of a show just glorifying fame. And even mm-hmm. when he was down and out, he never was down and out. Oh no, I'm no. broke, but I'm staying at my, my friend's mansion. mansion. Yeah. yeah. And it's like, but you were never really, there was never any stakes. And really, Jeremy Piven was the best. That's the guy that kept me coming back all the time. That and all the boobs. (laughs) 
Oh, yeah. Boobs were great. But totally. it was very, totally, yeah. That show was very cameo and boob like dependent. That's what I hear about the movie that it's yeah. really cameo heavy. And I'm like, that's not what the show is about. But I'm not about. surprised. Yeah. Well, but that's well, kind there, of there was cameos like sprinkled going. in the yeah. shows. Yeah. But like you'll get Jessica Alba there, Mark Cuban here. But that like, it's not like, hey, we got this guy to come in. But I don't know. No, that they, was the whole point of the show, I think. That like every other episode or every episode, it's be like, oh, I'm at the cafe. What's up? What's up, Jessica Simpson? How you doing, babe? Just felt, oh, good. Yeah. I love you. When am I going to see you again? Kind just of felt thing, the you know? show really relied on the coolness factor. Mm-hmm. And it mm-hmm. so always really bothered me. when I'm like, man, you could really go somewhere with this. You could really just... So I'm hoping that another show comes out soon that has that same premise or a similar premise because it's a great premise for a show. It just... Was just too busy being lifestyle porn. To yeah, be. and I felt like the main character, Adrian, like or whatever his character's yeah, name, Vinny, 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 Vinny Chase, he just like he was, he didn't he's, deserve the no, fame no. because he was a coward, kind of. You know, like he's never really making his own decisions, and yeah. he's a little bit like e- easily influenced and he just vulnerable. he, uh, he like just a, kind of floated through yeah, everything. And his manager Eric was the one that basically yeah. took care of yeah. everybody and really got no. And Nothing his agent, good for it. Yeah, and Ari Gold. Yeah, yeah. Ari's great, a great one, character. One of the greatest That's characters the of TV. Of yeah. Oh my god! Yeah. yeah, he was amazing. Yeah, him he and Lloyd. Amazing. I can watch yeah, their show. Great. Yeah, yeah, that was great. But I think they know what they're doing. Like it's fun. It's cheap. Like they don't have to say something about it. They know what they're doing because it's the to me. I like the first four to five seasons, mm. and then one, after that, they I felt it peaked, and they didn't know what yeah. to do with that character because like he he rose, he f- fall down. I don't know. Fell. Fell. Why am I can't mm. fall? Ugh. <laughs> why am i not doing words so good yeah um, but uh yeah, yeah for me i felt like the show lost its its groove um there was a season where it was 22 episodes versus it's usually like 13 the three that was broken up um, there was the maybe. third third season was broken up to a and b yeah, yeah so i felt like it kind of they i felt like that whole storyline which would have lasted 13 episodes they stretched it to 22 mm-hmm. and i felt like it really messed with kind of like the flow Mm-hmm. As opposed to making like a nice elaborate or even just having two standalone stories. And so it's like, I guess this whole plot's going to be 22 episodes. And it mm-hmm. kind of just reminds me of the, sh- the showgirl effect where it's like, how many fancy cars and yeah. boobs can I see before I'm just like, okay, <laughs> show me something in life that happens that's exciting other than this. Because it's like, yeah, it's the, they're nice cars. It's cool. It's yeah. yeah, premiere this, celebrity that. But after a while, I'm just like, okay. It's also guys like wishing they had that lifestyle, That's, like, like honestly, living vicariously yeah. through yeah. Vinny. Like, I have noticed it's the bro that show. Yeah. It's really that, yeah, that love that show are guys that don't really do a whole lot with mm-hmm. the, their dreams. They'll mm-hmm. do have jobs they hate and all that stuff, and it's total they fantasy. Think it's life. Yeah. yeah, it's like look at these but guys; they they're barely show. doing anything, and everything's coming <laughs> yeah. their way. Millions of dollars. Yeah. Drama right. literally has is like. Drama the, the it, ultimate freeloader because yeah. of family relations. And it's Other not even that, like with, with drama. He's trying. He's trying. <laughs> but then, he does try. But yeah. then when he gets yeah. it, he like base almost throws it away. Yeah. Like Johnny's banana or yeah, Johnny's, Johnny's bananas or whatever. Or five towns. Anything he, he sabotages anything. himself. He sabotages yeah. all but the in like time. a comedic way. Yeah. Whereas Jerry and Turtle is just like the driver who Ends up making millions yeah. now, right? Yeah, he's Bob now Yon. like yeah. in the movie, he's now like a billionaire. That's crazy. That's dumb. But it's fun. I don't know. I enjoyed it. So, he should still be the driver. Now he drives a nicer car. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Um, but yeah, so the box office I thought was definitely interesting. I found it fascinating how much money Insidious Part 3 made. Um, because usually when a Part 2, um, people tend to really hate a Part 2, it hurts Part 3. 
like with uh, the Hangover Part Three, mm. just took a major hit because so many people were so vocal against the second one. But I also heard Part Three sucked. Anyway, uh, part three is way better than the second one. It? Yeah, I mean well, that's part two was a remake of part one. It was, yeah. Oh, instead yeah. of a monkey, like, instead of a baby, it's a monkey. Instead in Bangkok, of Vegas, yeah. it's Bangkok. Um, but I found it so it's interesting to me that Insidious three actually did really well this weekend because the I, second one was not well received by even fans. People are like, I love the first one, but the second one's horrible. Well, the guy who wrote yeah. the first two directed the third one, right? Yeah, yeah, and then, yeah, I heard his vision on it was pretty creepy, and people liked it, so it came back. And I think there's yeah. a core group of horror fans that they'll mm-hmm. see any horror movie. Yep. Like I have a buddy oh, that true. has to see yeah. any horror, and then movie as soon as they hear that it's a good horror movie, yeah. they'll yeah. jump on it. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, maybe that's what happened. So I think because this one was reviewed better than the last one, mm-hmm. I think that this the hold up will probably be pretty good. The holdover. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think I might even go check. I don't even like watching. I love making horror films, but I don't really like going to see them in theaters um, just because they rely way too heavily on that jump shot. Yeah, and that's, that was a thing, criticism that the scare factor. Silly. But I heard so many good things about the first one, like that it was one of the better like horror the films that came insidious. out. <laughs> so because I know that the third one's doing well, I think I might go see it. Yeah, just I, I think most people would probably tell you not to see the second one because it was pretty mm-hmm. horrible. I didn't see the second one, but I love the pretty first one. Horrible. It's horrible. It's an awful, awful. <laughs> awful. Uh, so one thing I with the with the trend and San Andreas is holding up very well. Um, is yeah. So Dwayne Johnson's having a pretty great year. He's had a pretty great. I am proud years. of that guy yeah. because he could go from the wrestler and trying to use his fame as a wrestler as the Rock to get people to even consider looking at him as some kind of like leverage. Mm-hmm. But he has just stuck with it. He just stuck with it. Kept at it. Has been working now for when did he first come out with that? Was it Scorpion King? Scorpion or King was, was his first, or Mummy Two? He was in Mummy Two as like, a smaller yeah, part, as that but then Scorpion, as Scorpion King was his first, and then well, came no, back and did this. The, the rundown, I think, was before Scorpion King. I, think. Uh, I, I thought think. Tooth Fairy was going to kill him. Yeah, I did too. <laughs> but the truth is, no matter what awful movie you do, if you just keep trying, you will get back in. But he just got the lead in the Big Trouble Little China remake. Yes, which that's another one of those movies where you probably shouldn't remake. That's like a perfect uh, 80s movie. Yeah, we'll, we'll see. We'll see. Yeah, I'm, he's I'm looking forward well. to seeing how, how he does with that. But yeah, this movie, um, the opening weekend, San Andreas, was, 53, what was it? $53.2 million opening weekend, what? which... His biggest opening was Scorpion King, which was like thirty six million. So this blew that away. And this is all original. This isn't based yeah, on isn't exactly. remake or trilogy. Well, or whatever. I mean, it's based on that folklore that San Andreas is going to split in half. But yeah, yeah. yeah but there's no like previous movie <laughs> yeah. to like right, lead it into. Right. Yeah, it's yeah. not a previous franchise. Yeah. But, I mean, he's. I mean, he's doing great this year. Furious Seven, San Andreas. He has a show called Ballers coming out. <laughs> yeah, he's doing a lot. He's doing WWE. WWE, all that stuff. Like he's just dominating, and I think a lot of that has to do with he's very likable. Mm-hmm. He knows the yeah. press circuit. He knows how to do that. He knows how to promote. He knows how to make himself a personality. I mean, I think mm-hmm. everybody saw if they haven't seen Lip Sync Battle or whatever it's called, mm-hmm. they saw him doing Shake It Off. Yeah, yeah. You know, I mean, he's, he's having fun. He's the yeah. people's champ. Yeah, yeah. he's really always he be the people's champ. Up to that name. This reminds me of when we were talking about Kevin Hart and how like his career, he's like just kind of jumping on every movie he can because he's trying to write out, yeah. you know, this trying to this flow of this pace right now. Star power goes and down. I actually we called it because I heard and I can't say where I heard it from, but I heard it through the grapevine. 
that he is in another feature film that's coming out very soon. Who, They're Kevin already Hart? working on it. Yeah, Kevin Hurt. So mm. we called it. We totally we got, got it, that yeah. one right. Yeah, I'm sure he's got some. I think his movies, I don't know if they make that much money, but they make enough. Yeah, they, they make can, enough. They're yeah. profitable. But right he's along definitely, coming out. before it oh, even yeah. comes out in time for him to you know mm-hmm. get any bad reviews, yeah. he's already making another one. Just so people don't forget about him. Mm-hmm. Let's just, just keep me in there. So I think it's really cool that that the rock is doing this. And I was really impressed with him. The first time I was just like, wow, he, there's something to him was in the rundown. Mm-hmm. That movie is way better than it has any right to be. It's awesome. It's fun. He's mm-hmm. great in it. He was great. in be cool, which yeah. I love get shorty, but uh, be cool was awful, but he <laughs> is amazing in it. Oh my gosh. Was the rundown? I get that mixed up with Walking Tall. The run Walking Tall is amazing too. That's good too. Yeah. Which one's Sean William Scott? That's the rundown. rundown. Okay, okay, yeah. so great, uh-huh. so great. It's because of Walking Tall. I thought The Rock should have should play Negan on the Walking Dead um, TV <laughs> show because there's one scene where he's just covered in blood and he's holding this big ass piece of wood the plywood <laughs> board. Yeah, and I'm like, that's Negan to me. Yep. So start it now, Rock for Negan. There we go. Hashtag, go. hashtag rock for Negan. But I think it's really cool. He, he's definitely his. He's become the movie star that Hulk Hogan thought he was going to be. <laughs> but the difference is, Mr. Nanny, Dwayne Johnson can act. Yeah. Hulk Hogan no. is himself. Yeah. in everything. Yeah. In I want to hate The Rock because he is The Rock from WWE. Like, oh, he's trying to transfer, but he's so charismatic. Yeah. He's so likable. He's amazing. He, yeah, he knows what he's doing. And he's so good that he's gone back to the WWE. To wrestle and make millions of dollars, mm-hmm. and it hasn't. And hurt then come him. make movies. I bet maybe yeah. he's going to start producing um, some of his own stuff. I think. I think, I think Baller is producing Baller. Yeah, yeah, I think he's yeah, producing that, that too. So he's he's definitely a powerhouse, and cool. more power to him. He's awesome. Yeah. He calls himself Franchise Viagra. Yeah, <laughs> because he, he did come, that for GI Joe, Joe, Furious Seven, or Furious Six cool. on the franchises. All right. And I'll speed through these next two. This is kind of going long, so hopefully people find this interesting. I know. I was yeah. wondering if we should maybe do as like a separate podcast if it ends up being like two hours long because there's so much to talk about. So I'll just say two things. We don't even have. I mean, if you want to say little comments about it, that's that's fine. But one thing, um, the Transformers writers' room for we talked about the expanded universe that they've created and what they're going to work on um, from the horse's mouth which is Akiva Goldsman, which I apologize. He's like the main writer for that. He gave me more confidence about their writer's room than I am about the DC's expanded universe because (laughs) when he explained the writer's room for it, basically they're doing the same concept as a TV's writer's room where they're all together, where even though there's certain different writers that are going to go and write the different spinoffs or different Mm -hmm. offshoots, they all come together for the story so when they kind of elaborate and go on, they already have a baseline for what the whole universe is versus DC where, hey, Wonder Woman, let's hire four writers to write this separately from one another. And the DC people will pick and choose which elements they like for the one movie apart from each other. So I really think that that's great and promising for the Transformers universe that they have this, you know, they have this synergy moving forward where, you know, you have DC, which is spackle. Mm -hmm. So I thought that was kind of an interesting development. Cause I was like, why are we doing a transformers expanding universe is kind of stupid, but the writers, the caliber of the writers they've brought in as well as them treating it like a TV show, I think is really cool and really promising. Did he write the other ones? Cuba Goldsman. Mm -mm. What what has he done? Oh, a lot of stuff. He sounds so familiar. Yeah. He's done a lot. 
um, we can we can I'll, I'll talk about up. that yeah. offline. But yeah. and the other thing I think is really cool is Samuel L. Jackson wants to re up his contract with Marvel. Good, cool. He is not in Civil War mm-hmm. because he has two movies left on his contract, and I think they're keeping that for the Infinity Wars. Mm-hmm. Um, but he's like, yeah, we're in talks. I think it's really cool that he wants to stick around. And him, you know, verbally saying that instead of, well, kind of playing it cool, we'll see how it is. Usually when they say that, I'm like, all right, that means they're negotiating for more money. I don't know why you wouldn't want to come back. Yeah. You're making millions yeah. and millions of dollars. Yeah. People yeah. are just maybe, going maybe crazy Maybe it's kind of like movies. rubbing him the right way that all the fans are just totally smitten with him as Fury and just like well, yeah. love and adore him. Dude, and he's a big comic book fan. He yeah. reads comics books. out. He picks his up Mr. every week. Mr. Glass. Mm. <laughs> oh, no. Unbreakable. Mm-hmm. Mm. So, yeah, so I thought that was a cool new development. So, all right, well, that was that. All right, so let's move on. So last week we covered the amazing, wonderful, legendary, or mostly infamous Showgirls. And sadly, Chris was not there. Um, So I wanted, before we got into Gone with the Wind, I wanted to say, Chris, Chris listened to our podcast, and I want to know, hey, what did you think of what we said versus what did we miss, or what do you want to talk about? I won't spend a whole a whole lot no of time on Showgirls because I think you guys dedicated quite enough time to it as is. <laughs> I agreed with everything you said. Uh, I thought the character choices were weird and confusing and maybe even random. Didn't make a whole lot of sense. Um, <laughs> was not a good movie. Corny. <laughs> uh, but there was Chi-Chi's in it, which is okay. <laughs> and that's that. That's what that's how I we feel about many. it. Chris, there were many. Chris is referring to the breasts, not the restaurant chain. <laughs> is that the tagline of the movie? There's chichis in yeah. this. The, I, right? If you saw it on TV and you press Hashtag info, <laughs> it's going to say you, you probably shouldn't. It doesn't make a lot of sense. The characters aren't well written or well betrayed. But boobs. Hashtag chichis. Did I do it right? Did yeah. I use that yeah, hashtag go, right? Yeah. Okay, go. cool. Now you got to get on Twitter and do that. <sighs> now you have to sign up for Twitter finally. But is it at least like fun to watch, or is it just like a bore? I I found myself bored watching it. That's the thing about like Entourage. Like it's after a while, you're just like, okay, I've seen some boobs. I like to last me the week now. It was just kind of just going over itself again and again, and I I did find myself bored watching it. Uh, what did you feel about her um, Oscar caliber acting? <laughs> Oh my god. Again, it was hard uh, to like get into the movie, let alone the characters. And I was like, God, this is bad. This is not good. I but I felt that about all the characters. I don't want to yeah. just yeah. shit on her too much. Um, but no, it was not a good movie from any aspect. Fair enough. Done. Done. <laughs> but would you say, do you agree with its fame that it's one of the worst movies ever? Do you think that's fair, or do you think that it's just? Certain There's elements been a lot of bad movies to say it's one of the worst ever. It's a bad movie. <laughs> it belongs in the category of worst. One, of, it's up there okay, somewhere. There we but, go. Yeah. Definitive. <laughs> say one good thing about it, other than boobs. I can't. <laughs> <laughs> Nothing. Okay. Nipples? I don't. Okay. Well, <laughs> that's, that's that's lots of boobs. Okay. Keyword lots. Okay. Let's now let's get into the movie of the week. Okay, I'm out of here. Okay, bye, Brian. See you guys. Bye. Thanks, Brian. Bye. Good I'm not guy. out of here because I wanted because I didn't see the movie. <laughs> All right, fair enough. But see you always, next week for the movie news. He's always with us, though, guys. He always. Like, literally. He's in spirit, in our heart, to and our, literally. Yeah, <laughs> listening the, to our levels. As a technician. Okay, so uh, we are on to Gone with the Wind. 
That was the movie that I assigned everybody. So really quick, before we dive deep into this, let's go around, say what we thought of it and what we would rename it if we had to. Renee? Uh, I would say Gone with Intermission <laughs> because, I, I mean, it, it's not like it was a bad movie, but it was just so lengthy. It was so long. Yes. I felt like I was watching four movies in one. The nine hours? Every, every new act. <laughs> Every new act could have been a its separate movie. They could have done a first one and yeah. a sequel, and they would have been good movies. Could you have know, been a separate on their own. But yeah, or a TV, yeah, a series because it was it was so much information. It was great, interesting kind of. Uh, I mean, I'm not gonna say it's great because honestly, I am so irritated by that character, Ugh. the the lead girl. She was Scarlett just O'Hara. So, oh, man. Ugh. Man. Is, is this your first time seeing it? Uh, you know, I. I think I mostly was familiar with the stage adaptations of it because of the theater training that I went through. So I've seen the play so many times, but this was the first time that I had watched the, okay. the live action. Amy? Um, I would name it um, Atlanta. <laughs> okay. <That's... laughs> I don't know. I didn't put much thought into that particular question <laughs> this time around. But um, you know what? I had, I've seen it so many times because my my parents growing up, they just, they love all these classic movies. So I've seen all of them. And, um, I don't know. It's just, uh, I watched it this whole time, you know, from start to finish because I had to, but it was extremely lengthy. Mm-hmm. I can't even imagine watching it on, you know, stage. I couldn't, oh I couldn't God. do the, uh, the sit down oh. in one I'm yeah, not, I yeah. couldn't do it in one sit through now. Like, uh, oh no, no! I had to do this week. I had to watch it in lots of segments to mm-hmm. finally get through the yeah. whole thing. I did it in two. I gave myself. I'm going to watch half of it, and then the five hour intermission, and then you guys. What about the intro too? The intro. The intro. Like, this is about how it, many minutes? Is, is it the frozen? Ending? What's going on? <laughs> exactly. The music's playing. I think the music, the audio is like then, on loop or something. <laughs> but I, uh, and then the end credits were just as long. It said ending credits, and then. Okay, when is it going to start again with the music? Anyway. <laughs> Chris? Um, if I were to rename it, I would rename it, I do declare. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, I like that. And I didn't, I didn't mm-hmm. like it. I didn't like this movie. Mm. I thought Scarlett is the worst. She's the worst oh, she human being. She, she was a horrible just person. so bad. And I thought eventually, oh, yeah. like, her was character gonna was going to change. Like, she's yeah. going to be humbled by working in the field. Yeah. Nope. It just made her even more of, like, a nagging little girl. And she was very childish throughout the whole movie. I just want my mommy. Like, you were mm-hmm. supposed to help soldiers when they're sitting there bleeding. I'm tired, and I want my mommy. I'm going to go home. The only thing that kept me in this movie was Clark Gable. Mm-hmm. Mr. Rhett Butler. Yeah. yeah, he was he was pretty awesome. Because to me, he would say to her what I would have. Like, what I'm saying when I'm watching it in the screen. Like, he came up and said yeah. it. So you're speaking for me. He saw Clark. right through her. Yeah, yeah. You know? and he would call her Called on everything. Yeah. And he even, he even tried to love her and then give her the life that he thought that she wanted. And she didn't even appreciate it, you know? And she took yeah. it for granted. That's right. Yep. Mm-hmm. So no, that I liked uh, Rhett Butler in this movie. Yeah. Everything else, yeah. yeah. So for me, um, well, I'll just tell you what I'd rename it because I think that's gonna sum it you up. Know, sum up how I feel about it. <laughs> I would rename it "Gone with Four Hours of My Life I Can Never Get" because <laughs> <laughs> it was three hours and fifty three minutes long, and dear God, it felt twice as long. Mm-hmm. The first, I had it took me four sittings to watch it. I've seen it before, oh, wow. but it took me four sittings. The first time I fell asleep, 
no. So I had to rewind a little bit to finish it, but I just, ugh, mm-hmm. I did not like it at <laughs> all. And it's not like with with Citizen Kane. I hated it when I was in my early twenties, and when we rewatched it for this, I loved it. Mm-hmm. I thought it was amazing. This I hated in my early twenties, and when I watched it now, same. <laughs> like yeah. literally, oh my god! Now we can start getting into the the you know nitty gritty of this. And what thoughts do we have? What comments do I mean, we? Have? I wanted to keep giving it props because it was such a like a wide. I mean, it wasn't like a wide world, but it it seemed like it was open in the sense of lots of traveling, lots of on the road, a lot of locations, a lot of people. So it was like production wise, it was grand. It was a very Mm -hmm. grand movie, Uh, the costumes and all that stuff. Um, But there were just things about it that I just they it was like nails on a chalkboard grading like the like the voices (laughs) of that servant girl. The little, oh, the little Chrissy? one. Oh my god! I didn't get no baby phone, miss. But she's like yelling it the <laughs> yeah. whole time. She's like screeching, and I don't understand. I well, how did she get that? Role? She did not screech though when she was sent out to find the doctor and came back. I don't know why. I don't understand I when she came back. When she's like. Ah. Like by, out by the fence. I thought she was what buying your time. Hell? Like, I yeah. don't have to listen to these white folks no more. Like, she was just buying her time. Like, no, yeah, die. I'm going to let the bitch die. No, no. I'm, I'm gone. Skylar Yankees was like, are here. I'm gone. Where's the doctor? <laughs> She's like, huh? And she said, smack her. This was a racist movie, by the way. It was. So that's racist. That's what I could not. I. It was awkward watching it, wasn't it? Cause I it could not figure it out. This awkward. movie, I could not figure out because there is complaints. I, you know, there's a lot of criticism for this movie that it's very racist. But they tried to justify slavery. Did you catch that? They when they were happy. talking, they were like, they were happy. We were feeding them. We were kind to them. You know, I was thinking, so like, I they were happier now. And I was like, I, yeah, I, I could not figure out slavery? what the stance of this movie was because it's based off mm-hmm. of a book which. In, I'm not going to defend it, but in the viewpoint of the the book, which is the viewpoint of the South at the time, was this is how things are, or things, this is how things were, mm-hmm. and I feel like that's yeah. Kind of, and this is this was the perception of the people in the South at the time. Yeah, but I I yes. kept going back and forth with, are they? Is this being? Is the filmmaker? Is this? Are they trying to justify that? That's how it was because I felt like especially with the prissy. With her and like the white people were the ones who really had their shit together and having to smack sense into the slaves and Prissy being so flighty. And even when mm-hmm. she lied to Rhett saying like, oh, I delivered the baby as like, yeah. oh, she's a liar because they make up accomplishments. I'm like, fuck, mm-hmm. is this racist? Yep. And then I, the that's one, when I'm like, okay, this was, is racist. No, uh, yeah. It was. The one yeah. strong black character Patty. as the woman. She was just like super ghetto, just like mm-hmm, girl. Oh, get back inside, you know, just like super yeah. like. She won over an Oscar for, for she won an Oscar for being the very first sassy black female. That's, yeah. that's what I said when I was <laughs> watching exactly it. it. I, I was like, you know what? This is probably the beginning of that stereotype. But she just probably to prove, invented that. Yeah, how racist this yeah. movie is. She okay. wasn't even allowed to go to the premiere of it. What? Yeah. 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 What? Yeah. Clark Gable refused to go to the premiere too because he thought that that was bullshit until she yeah. told him just go. She oh told him you shouldn't God. go, but she wasn't allowed 
to the premiere because it was in that. Atlanta, right? Yeah, like it was awful. Yeah, it was in a place where. Oh my god, that makes know. me so mad. And that makes me hate this movie. Even at more. the end, um, well, it's not their fault. It's when Atlanta's she's fault. talking to Ashley, and then he was just like, "I miss the simpler times and <laughs> the warm sunsets on the hollowed Negro songs out in the oh, field." I'm like, geez. what? You really do miss this shit, don't you? Do, meanwhile, the slaves are like, I'm out of here. Yeah. All the slaves, they left. Yeah, fuck yeah, like, they thank left. God. They're not slaves anymore. They just left on their own accord. Why? I do, I do declare that is inappropriate. Mammy, yeah. you stayed. Mammy. Yeah, I just, I could not figure out this movie did not have that distinct voice, whether mm-hmm. they were being loyal to the book, loyal mm-hmm. to the time and the per- perspective of that time era, or if they were just straight out. I mean, it was definitely perpetuating stereotypes, but I just wondered, like, what were their intentions? I could not their figure it out. Their intentions were man. to defend the the old gentle, gentlemanly ways of the were South. They, uh, like yeah, the romanticizing it how yeah. it was. Because yeah. it definitely was very glamorous and things like that until those goddamn Yankees came and ruined everything for everybody. <laughs> those are monsters. Yeah. But even in the, the first scroll just... that they showed, it was... Um, Oh, in a in a long since forgotten yeah way. back in the good old days yeah, yeah. It's basically what they're saying yeah yeah back when you know when we'll never see this again you know it's gone with the wind and I mm-hmm. I was just thinking but you know actually that part I was thinking oh I'm so glad that they use monologues now in openings yes. yeah. I'm so glad thank God I don't <laughs> no, have don't. to read thank you Morgan Freeman <laughs> no because it, it kind of <laughs> creates that exactly right it just creates that tone that voice of the character you're here for the characters mm-hmm. driving the story because that's it's about the journey of the human in the story not so much what happened but the people that had to survive what happened and that's what i feel like um a voiceover versus having to read something online uh, read something on the screen unless it's star wars of course because duh that's awesome <laughs> well, i yeah. will read that all day that's the legendary is part <laughs> yeah. of part of but, the... uh, yeah, did, I just, did anybody think that Melanie was the best female character yeah. in this movie? Oh, she was amazing. She was the same. Uh, yes. Just was like so how good. Molly was the only likable character in Showgirls, yeah. Melanie was the only likable person. I mean, Rhett, I liked him, but we'll get into like the issues mm-hmm. I had with him as a character. Mm-hmm. But Melanie was really the heart of this movie. Yeah. yeah. She, yeah. Was she was nice the to only, everyone. Yeah. She truly was. She refused to believe. Even when everyone's yeah. just like, Scarlet's a bitch. Yeah. She's going to try to steal your man. But, okay. She knew it. She didn't care. Yeah, she yeah. loved Scarlet anyway. Yeah, she was like, yeah, yeah. yeah I think love she loved people another. in spite of exactly. what yeah. they were. And why are you into the dude who wants to marry his cousin? <laughs> yeah, I I caught that too when they were talking about oh so and so married their cousin. She's my blood. Like, wait, wait, she understands me. Well, because you guys grew up together. You <laughs> said she likes all the games I do because you played them with each other. Right. You guys are sick. So and they, gross. And they had yeah, they had a lot of cousin on cousin action in that movie mm-hmm. well it's just like royalty over in you know in england where a lot keep of them the name and the keep, yeah mm-hmm. keep that breed intact there's a lot of inbred yeah. on tv oh, incest stuff you know though I, I honestly people are probably gonna hate me for this but i don't see anything wrong with two people falling in love no matter who you are where you come from that that doesn't phase me like i don't that's whatever uh it's i just, think people would agree with you <laughs> So I, you know, I, it's, it's one of those other taboo <laughs> things that people might not be ready for yet to really tackle that. But if there was some kind of case where a brother and a sister decided they wanted to love each other, who the fuck's business is it mine okay. to say whether or not they want to do whatever they want to do with themselves? You know, mm-hmm. it's not my place. And if they, if they're happy with that, awesome. Cool. But, uh, but we can all agree <laughs> that it's super fucking gross, yeah, right? Like we can say that? It's weird because it's not what we're 
told is okay. We're told it's gross. We're told it's weird. And I think there's a scientific reason why we're wanting to not think that that's okay because of the genetic problems that come out of it. So with that reason, I can say maybe it's not the best thing to procreate for the betterment of the child. But as far as like what they do with themselves, Mm -hmm. you know, then whatever, you know. Just remember to wear protection siblings. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, moral of the story. (laughs) I like this theme, this recurring moral of the story theme. Um, so I thought it was kind of cool that uh, even though it was such a long movie, I did like the whole like overture at the beginning and intermission and, and it was definitely set for people who are conditioned to go to live theater, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. you know, and they did have an intermission and things like that. Definitely. I thought that was kind of neat for the story, but it also with my movie viewing and with what we grew up, it also took me out of the reality of it because I'm like, oh, this is a play. You know, I didn't, I never fully committed to the characters because it kept reminding me that, oh, this is a performance. Mm -hmm. This is a, you know, all that stuff. Yeah, I get that. For me, it hit intermission and I was like, oh my God, I'm only halfway (laughs) through. Are you kidding me? God, it was so long. But they had, I mean, I'll give it some credit. They had some beautiful shots in here. They did. When they had like the, the shadowy silhouettes placed against the sunset background Mm -hmm. and a couple of different scenes they had that. And so visually, they had some really nice. And then the, when she's walking through the field, and then it just kind of expands back, and you just see this massive field of just bodies laying down. I thought that was mm-hmm. a cool shot, also. Yeah, yeah. But Scarlett just kills she's everyone she loves. She is a mm-hmm. dick. Yeah, she yeah. was the worst. She and she treated everyone like shit. But what I didn't get is I'm like, she literally treats everyone like shit. Yeah. She's very transparent. And not caring or caring or whatever, like she's. And was, she has no identity because she no. fl- she flip flops like crazy. She'll as soon as she's like, oh, so Ashley really doesn't love me. Like he hadn't been trying to tell you that the entire fucking movie, <laughs> all your life. Now you finally decide, <laughs> he oh, he doesn't love once. me. Well, I never what? loved him anyway. And then you know, on to the next. It's just ugh. yeah. It wasn't until after Melanie died where she was like, okay, well, maybe it was because the chase. It wasn't. Uh, Anything for her to chase anymore. She wasn't having to fight it out of someone else's competition. hands. Yeah, mm-hmm. maybe. I mean, she totally put all that on Ashley. <laughs> yeah, but yeah, I think did. that that was because she's like, oh, they got you never so really loved me. Like, uh huh. He's only been, yeah. you know, I married said as much. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> right. much this whole time. Jesus. <sighs> and then she goes to Rhett, like, oh, you know, I've never loved him, Runs. and then yeah. mm-hmm. I love you. It's just, uh, I've just now decided I love you, and I ran here to tell you that. <laughs> Yeah. Can we talk about, uh, they had two scenes back to back where it was super foreshadowing, like super quick foreshadowing. Like when uh, he comes back with a daughter from London and he's mm-hmm. like, well, I'm pregnant again. Well, don't have an accident. Right after he said that. And then when the daughter is on the horse. Uh-oh, hope that Just like Paul. Boom, and then it happened. Like, come on. Okay, I might be perceived as a horrible person, but when Bonnie flies off the horse, oh, I laugh my right? ass yeah, off. Yeah. Oh my god! I laughed. A rag doll, and you it was just obviously see a child-sized ragdoll go oh. through a fence. It's yeah. hilarious. Head first. Like I laughed so hard, I rewound it and watched it again. Oh, I was just, I was just like, no, I laughed more because I was like, oh god, now the daughter's dead too. You lost your baby. There, there was even there was even foreshadowing when the dad, when her dad got on the horse, like when he was yeah. running after somebody and he was jumping the fence. I'm like, all right, after she had already said, he like, said, you yeah. broke your leg that one time, mm-hmm. which is a, that's uncanny scarlet yeah, so impression. The next I know, time but he gets yeah. on the the horse, yeah, it yeah. I mean, we once seeing as how he never got on the horse regularly. 
you know, after <laughs> she said you broke your leg that one time, once he did, I'm like, okay. I mean, I know it's a movie based around war and so it's not going to be the happiest movie in the world, but there was just so much drama that happens in this movie. It's one thing after another, someone dying, someone getting sick, you're losing this, losing that. And, and then on top of that, you didn't have a character that really kind of helped you cope with it. You went with a character who complained about yeah, it the entire who was time. Awful. So the whole time. It was really heavy and hard to to even wanna Was Scarlet even supposed hardship? to be likable? That's what I don't get. Yeah, I don't think so. Because even when she was, you know, when she decided to go back to Tara and I'll never be hungry again, which at mm-hmm. that point she hadn't been yet. So I was a little confused by that line. She yeah. didn't eat anything for one afternoon. Yeah, pretty exactly. much. Exactly. But even then, I'm like, why would I root for you on this? You've no. been horrible yep. to everybody. To everybody. What I also didn't get is not only was she horrible with people, but everybody did what she told them to. <laughs> why do pe- Why did people have to comply with her? She's not the only. I, know. Yeah. I don't She was good looking. Well, yeah, she was I mean, beautiful. That was a ridiculous and... scene in the beginning at the barbecue. And like she's going and grabbing all the men, like They're literally grabbing them oh, away yeah. from the girlfriends. And the girlfriends just kind of like let the conversation happen and then go get their guys. And then at the end with all those guys sitting there, I was just like, this is. I thought it was going to set it up to be a, a really over-the-top comedy kind of thing, kind no. of take on it, and it wasn't. Yeah. So it was like oh, yeah, they were even trying with that to first two guys who were excited because she agreed to dance yeah. with both of them individually. <laughs> yeah. And they're like, and which Woo-hoo! one of you is hotter? I can't tell. And they're just yeah. like, oh, my gosh. Yeah. Yeah, she was a real cock tease. Yeah, so <laughs> so they set it up kind of like, like that kind of fun comedy thing, and then the whole rest of the movie was just so dramatic downer. and depressing. Yeah. I was just like, what? I think I don't think she was supposed to be a likable character. I think that the book was just telling her story. Here's her family and here's what happened in the South back in the day. So I think if this was remade, the filmmaker would have to find a reason why do we give a shit what yeah. happens to yeah. her? Oh, absolutely. Because I think now that does not translate This wouldn't fly. Well, I think a lot of it was was an acting choice too, though. I felt like a lot of the times when she was crying, it... it Looked so fake, and I know it was so she was staged, supposed to, yeah, it right? was so everything. Well, was it was staged. supposed to be because she never really meant it. Yeah, but there's this thing about people that are really good at manipulating that they don't mean it, but it's still real in a in a weird. I don't know how to explain it, but mm-hmm. it's like well, and they don't have so many tells on their face. Yeah, like when she would say lines to you to the camera, she would give a look like I'm lying right now. Yeah, but it's like why don't the actors look like, at her mm-hmm. and see but that like, she's lying? A, it's obvious. Think of a toddler and how they learn that if they throw a tantrum yeah. they're going to get yep. what they want so they're really actually crying because that's what they they're have learned their survival that that's, is that's that i'm going to get what i need that's an excellent point so mm-hmm. with her i think her character was supposed to be genuinely crying all those times yeah. she's supposed to actually mm-hmm. be really affected like a sociopath sen- exactly yeah. Yeah. A sociopath. Yeah. she is a sociopath remember it's not a lie if you believe it yeah so the girl that they cast it, nothing was ever her was, fault nothing yeah, was i think totally wrong for that because she, was she made it look like yeah she it looked like a victim who like uh, didn't I? I think it's a mental disorder that that girl actually yeah, totally. had, but I don't think the actress really played it truly to, to that because of her look. She'd been conditioned mm-hmm. to like she that's how she, she would wants. get. That's an amazing point. Think about that. Are we going to talk about what we think happened after? We're we will get to okay. it. Okay, we will get to it. <laughs> um, so kind of going going back to uh, one of our talking points. So the first, well, like when she's growing up in Tara in the house. One of the first thoughts I had after maybe about 15, 20 minutes is I'm like, man, this house 
They kind of treat the slaves like the Flintstones treated the dinosaurs that worked <laughs> in that. Like, I was almost expecting one of them to look at the camera and be like, it's a living. <laughs> because, I mean, they just were objects to do their bidding. And I'm I like, well, I mean, that, man. that was true to the whole slavery thing yeah. back then. But like the house slaves were just like animate objects that yeah. would move yeah to what do i didn't bidding. like was that it was they they it's kind very of uncomfortable they didn't yeah. commit to one or the other because that's true that they were objects just hired property mm. but they presented them like oh we're respectable honorable people who are still strong in our own right yeah. and happy and yet they were well, even the one guy know. i thought was that's and that's your point that's exactly why i was confused what yeah. the stance the exactly. filmmaker had because yeah. especially like i thought it was a good tongue-in-cheek moment when the white guy's trying to get the, or I mean, when the when the when the black dude's trying to get the turkey, and he's like, "Gotta gotta kill no. this for the white folk." <laughs> I'm like, "That's funny," and I thought that that was kind of like, you know, a little nod to, you know, yeah, the whole make, making fun of slavery or just kind of joking about it. But then pretty much every other example's pro slavery in this. Yeah, I was gonna go fight for the South and dig y'all's ditches, Mrs. Scarlet. <laughs> yeah, that and guy. he was like happy to do it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, 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 no. He was Did even go gonna fight way. with other slaves to be like, no, yeah. you know, the South. It was very awkward. Yeah. So I definitely thought of the Flintstones with that because that's just oh, kind of how they were treated. Yeah. Definitely. The only one that, you know, had the backbone was Mammy. She mm-hmm. didn't take shit from anyone. No, she did not. Mm-hmm. Yeah, within like, boundaries. <laughs> yeah, within boundaries. But yeah. remember that whole scene where Rhett's pouring her brandy yeah. and yeah. they're yeah, drinking together and. She shows him the red petticoat that he bought her in New Orleans and everything. Mm-hmm. And that just probably was unheard of back then. But I don't know. He was a different kind of guy. Yeah. So one thing I didn't really get, and a little bit later I kind of made an assumption, is when the woman in pink came to donate money to the cause. Yeah. And it was like Rhett Butler's handkerchief. Mm-hmm. I didn't really understand. I didn't feel they were obvious enough to say why they wouldn't take her money until she later when she was at, yeah, yeah, where, but I don't oh. feel like you learned that. I, I got I that agree. by the, sh- the shit she was wearing. It was yeah. real pink. Real and pink. Very she looks like the, she was dressed like uh, the chick from I Dream of Genie. <laughs> I didn't get it either because I, I thought <laughs> that some people just like to dress extravagantly and they were yeah. just painting her as like maybe an eccentric wife to some mayor or some you know, just something random, like maybe a trophy wife of somebody yeah, some, or something. Some, I didn't really yeah, I didn't under, I didn't get it either. Until I, I mean, maybe I, I just don't either. know the history like you do, Chris, oh, that pink <laughs> means open for business. I know mm-hmm. me some whole houses. She was the only one wearing hot pink in that whole movie. Yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. You know what else is pink? Am I right? Mm-hmm. Cotton candy. I got you, Chris. <laughs> the set, the sunsets in the south. <laughs> Adorable piglets. Okay, I also had Pussy. a question. <clears throat> <laughs> thank, thank you for that. Um, so, did I miss something? Or when Rhett like grabs her and puts him in his arms and goes upstairs, did he rape her? Yes. Oh, yeah. Yes, he did. And she was super like, I ain't never been raped like that. That's the thing she that... She loved it. it was did you so see her the next day? She's like, as hell. Mm-hmm. Well, that's she what I mean so about the happy. mental disorder thing. She has never had anybody say no to her and yeah. put her in her place. So I think that because... That was like the only time where someone basically made her the victim. She always made herself that that kind of fulfilled her in this but weird way you, that she... Yeah, I mean, I think that that could definitely be what they were going for with that. But I also am feeling like that's 
kind of back then was this view of masculinity. Like, if mm-hmm. you're a man, you take what's yours. Quiet, mm-hmm. you, and then yeah, mm-hmm. carrying you to my room. Well, yeah, I felt like that you know you really want this. There was a rape vibe from day one yeah. with him. That he first he's just like creeping stalker uh, on her, stalker eyes, on her. and then force kissing her each time he kissed her, even up until when he's basically demanding <laughs> she marry him. Like it was, yeah, he's very. And that would not fly nowadays because it's not, I mean, back then it was just like, hell yeah, that's your woman. That is your woman. You do, you know, you do what you want to do. It's it's yours. And I think it was the best thing that happened to her probably. (laughs) So messed up. Yeah. Well, if you drink enough brandy and you're no. angry enough, you will have some of the best sex of your life. Well, sloppy, yeah, because she was, sloppy, yeah, she was flaccid, and she's never sex. been married to somebody she could do that with. I think that was her probably her first time. All the other it? guys were under her thumb because the she other had guy died. Had a kid. Yeah, they already yeah. had the kid, uh, but with oh, him. No, I mean, but yeah, with him. but that's what I mean is that like the the way he was set up to be just this total woman's man that he, he was the only one that knew how to treat a lady. And he even says it like verbatim mm-hmm. that I'm the only one that knows how to do it. And that's why you'll love it. So I think it was kind of trying to maybe the second husband. Yeah. Know. You think that they're not having sex. Yeah. Just yeah. the way that she would talk to him. And, oh, no. I better do it right. Otherwise I might not get some. Like, that didn't oh. really necessarily make sense. Cause she lied about her cousin saying like, cause he, they were supposed to get married. So her she, sister, right? Her, was it? I don't, I don't remember. Sister. I didn't know that relationship. Melanie? No, not or Melanie. Which one? The oh, Suellen. Yeah, that's her sister. That, okay. Yeah. I never really, yeah. Um, yeah. But it didn't make sense because she's like, oh, Suellen is, she decided to marry somebody else. Oops, a daisy. And so that guy marries yeah. her, but it doesn't make sense because I'm like, well, if he asked Sue Ellen if she's married or anybody else, <laughs> wouldn't they say, no, she's not? Like, yeah, but how she, did that work in her benefit? Because, um, but Scarlett was just like, do you mind if I put my hand in your pocket? Oh, yeah. Probably gave like, him uh-oh. a pocket tug. And he was like, oh, I'm sold. Marry well, me yeah, tonight. yeah, back then that meant that they were getting married. And then Mammy was right in the back seat and she's watching the whole thing. Did you see her eyes? Yeah. <laughs> like, what? Yeah. Yeah, I didn't really necessarily understand that. But yeah, I don't, you know, back I don't then, know. the, the yeah. checking for loose chains, that definitely meant <laughs> yeah. that you're getting married. There's no coming back. Really from deep that. pockets back in the day. Really deep pockets. They don't make them that deep anymore. <laughs> they even had hay pennies back then, so you had to count very carefully. Mm-hmm. Well, maybe they should have deep pockets like that these days. Oh, you yeah. heard this first from Amy. Right. It's a good idea. Bring it. Well, this whole day has been a day of re- revelations here. Amy wants to <laughs> count your change out there, listeners. Do you hear that? Mm. <laughs> what is this chapstick <laughs> oh yeah your pockets are deep <laughs> that's that's amy's new podcast coming you can up. fit your whole iphone 6 plus in this pocket <laughs> that's a deep pocket that's right. and new on the aussie cob network amy's <laughs> sexy pocket top <laughs> Welcome to Pocket Talk. Pocket Talk. That's great. That's pretty great. Can you just talk about the difference? Yeah. Oh, Someone's doing laundry because I feel a roll of quarters in this pocket. Greg from Wyoming wrote in. He says, I have a toothpick in my pocket. Mmm, thanks. <laughs> Jeremy from Wyoming has written in about his lint buildup. I just want to talk about that right quick. <laughs> <laughs> so be on the lookout for that. Yeah, that's, that's coming next week. You're welcome. Saturdays, <laughs> released every Saturday on the Aussie Gov Network. Saturday night, very late. <laughs> so I had another question. Um, 
Were, did were Scarlet okay after after the first? I think the first kid. Um, were Scarlet and Ashley banging, or were they just? Oh, I don't think. so. I was very confused because I, mean, I get I like, was confused too. Because back thought. then, obviously, they're not going to show it in movies right. because of the time. Yeah, and there definitely seemed like there was. You know, they had the scenes with Ashley and Scarlet where it was like, we can't do this, but we want it, but we can't. Because well, they showed them kissing, mm-hmm. and yeah. then. She, the fact that she still hadn't gotten over him and that she was going to the, the mill so much and that the lumber thing was so important to her, it was because of Ashley. Yeah, right. and, and then... Yeah. And uh, then everyone was talking about and it. And then when Rhett... Yeah, the rumors flying all that stuff. And then when Rhett basically said she's a cheat to um, the lady in the pink, he yeah. was calling her a yeah. cheater. Yeah. Yeah. So I think he, I think they were. So you think that they I were... I think they were. And that's why it broke her heart so much later mm-hmm. when he said, I never... You know, she... the um. Uh, the other girl was his true love. I think in the in a remake they'd have to definitely show it'd have that. to be it'd have to be I sex. Think, I don't think they even would have alluded to sex back in those days, though, right? But they they kind of were Do with. But I feel like the only way they did it and the only way it was acceptable was by Rhett just saying she's cheating. Yeah. Like okay. the, the conversation okay. he had with the woman in the yeah. pink. And he told you, oh, you, he told her you spend all your time at the mill. Just give it up. Just give it up. Just, yeah. You don't got to. Like no, no, I have to. I have to just keep it. She yeah. wanted to be with her main woodman. <laughs> Which, I mean, I guess that I'm makes sorry. Ashley a shittier character also. It yeah, really did. I didn't he, like him. A, he would seem like so easily, huh? Mm-hmm. No, yeah, through the whole the thing, deal. I know that, once again, I feel like they wanted you to care for Scarlet through the whole thing, and you just didn't. So I really kind of went back and forth on that whole, the whole Ashley is Scarlet uh-huh. Um, Scashley, I think <laughs> if we're doing those hybrid celebrity names, <laughs> Scashley. Um, I like it. <laughs> so I was going back and forth about that because on you know on on the one hand he definitely was never even promising to leave Melanie for her ever. No, like he did nothing but. Initially, I'm like he did nothing but tell her, you know, tell Scarlett. But he no. told her, but then no, again, he I, never I won't s- be with you. But he didn't ever not kiss her and hold her and he never would say i don't have feelings for you he would always be like well the honorable man would stay with yeah Yeah. and i have to say when it comes to immature women that's like freaking catnip (laughs) (laughs) is the whole like pulling the whole honorable committed man that is i mean that's good game on his part and because she waited for a long ass long, time yeah. through three marriages mm-hmm. for that dude and so, two wars. So for me, I'm just like, well, <laughs> yep. you know, at first I'm like, well, he's definitely saying no. Like, but no, he's not saying that in those exact. Yeah, words. he never basically he never says we'll never be together. He just says, I can't, I can't leave my wife mm-hmm. is what he said. Mm-hmm. He said, I will always be be the husband to my wife, but he doesn't say no beyond that. And I don't mm-hmm. think that that's clear enough for a girl like Scarlett. Yeah. Cause he nope. even had a kid, he got married mm-hmm. and she still didn't give a shit. No. Nope. So I'm and curious. And she still didn't get that he wasn't about her. Yeah. It's like, yeah. how many kids do I need to have before you realize? Did oh the gosh. Scarlett letter come out before the book of Gone with the Wind or is <laughs> I don't know. Um, I think before. Because they made that rouge comment about it's not red enough or something. Oh, because I'm curious because I'm wondering if they call it the Scarlet. They chose the color of the letter being Scarlet because of her. You're such a Scarlet. I wonder. That's That's interesting. But yeah, so that was, I found that very, I was very back and forth on that until I realized, no. Um, So like I'm... Def, or, you know, even today, like you definitely see 
certain women attracted to guys who are either married or in relationships or things like that because they show a level of commitment and they seem more attractive that way. So I'm like, I think maybe that's kind of maybe always happened. (laughs) You know, I thought that was very interesting. And also I kind of didn't feel bad for Rhett about... um, Okay. His kids dying? Jeez, you sick bastard. Yes, I didn't Aww. care. I'm like, oh my Dah. gosh. No, I didn't feel bad for him when he, I don't really understand why he was all in a puff about like, oh, you'll always just love him. And then Rhett mm-hmm. leaving. So I'm like, leaves, yeah. he called it way at the beginning of the yeah. movie. He knew what he, knew he was getting the whole into. whole time. So yeah, I didn't I really think understand. he's like her in the sense that he gets everything he ever wants. And so he was thinking, oh, uh, you know, I don't want her, I don't want her, I don't want her, I don't want to marry you, I'm not going to give you money, whatever, and uh, makes her chase him and all that stuff, or uh, makes her, um, uh, he, like, doesn't do anything until he finally does have her, and he knows that she's still not his, and so I feel like that's what kind of sort of perpetuates him a little bit. But I feel like, like he also it. likes the chase. Mm-hmm. That's what I mean. And the like, fact that very, at the end... Yeah. That you know, she runs back to him. He, there wouldn't be a chase exactly. anymore. And that's that's the, that's when he finally leaves. Is when she decides, "I want to be with you." Yeah. So that's what I think. He's mm-hmm. just like her in the sense of he wants what he can't have, yeah. and that's and when he's, he's lying to her. about why he's yeah. Like, yeah. The whole movie though, he always says we're exactly the same. Exactly, we're a lot yeah. alike. You're like me. So I yeah. think yeah, he did see some of that in her. He just had a better delivery it, about it in life. Mm-hmm. You know, he was a nonchalant man. Exactly. Hanging out at brothels all day. I know. He so, never said where he got his money, though, huh? He was a it referenced that he was a Charleston man. Yeah, and he I said guess that he had lot, like really, really, really old money. I don't know either. Is that old money? No idea. I don't know. Maybe. I don't know. I, I figure he was kind of an opportunist <laughs> yeah, in general. So you know, because he didn't really give a shit about the war. He kind of no, already he knew didn't. how it was going to pan yeah. out. You know, I think he and he wasn't going to lose any money off of no, it. No, he so. would choose a winning side. You know, without having yeah. to definitively say he chose a side. Yeah. So he was just a cool customer. He had enough money to spend on whores. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, you know, God bless he had, him. He had his money budgeted. Whores <laughs> <laughs> yeah. and ponies. That's and right. Funerals. Yeah. <laughs> and funerals. Lots of funerals. And big houses. Oh, like yeah. he's like, oh, yeah, we can have this huge house, but you can also have Fix the your terror plantation. house and yeah. Yeah. make it everything you want it to Let's be. Do it. You yeah. know? What's money if it's not, you know, Keep- an ending? Yeah, that was what made it worse was just that these two awful people uh, in this awful situation are rich as fuck. Like they just have so much money that they can just do whatever they want with it. And then at the end, they're just like, okay, bye. (laughs) On to tomorrow. And you're just like, wait, what? Yeah, they destroyed everyone's life around them. But oh, well. Yep. I'll survive is what they both say. Do we find out about the Scarlet Letter? Scarlet Letter came out first. Mm -hmm. Um, Amy did the research. Okay. But that makes me think that maybe they named her Scarlet because of the Scarlet Letter. Because I feel like that's Mm. almost like her whole character is she is what everybody would not want to ever be considered. Yeah. Yeah. And also maybe mean, you know, with with it's not red enough or whatever. I think maybe that was in reference to the Scarlet Letter maybe. Mm Mm-hmm. When, when did she say that? I thought someone said, I thought Rhett said that to her, where he's just like, you're, you know, something. Red enough. Yeah, yeah, something's not Put red enough. Put some more enough. rouge on. Yeah, oh, when, yeah. He's, when she's enough. pregnant, when he gets home from oh, London, yeah. he's yeah. walking up the steps. Yeah. I felt yeah. like maybe that was. Yeah, yeah same, same here. That might be a reference. Same here. Yeah. But yeah, so I, I definitely didn't feel bad for Rhett, because <laughs> I'm like, you know what you got yeah. into. He would have stayed with her, no. had the baby, had the Bonnie 
lived. Yeah. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Stay together for the kids. Yeah. That's the moral of this movie. (laughs) That's right. Stay together for the kids. (laughs) Unless there Um, should be a tragic pony accident. Yeah, unless there's a pony issue. Um, but yeah, down the stairs. So, and I, I didn't feel bad for Ashley because once again, he's just no. playing a game. Like Chris and I were talking while you guys were talking. That's kind of, yeah. I, I feel like that's still a thing, you know, where like yeah. if there's some women out there who are immature, who are just mm-hmm. like, oh my gosh, that guy has been committed to his girlfriend for years. That's so hot. And it's like, <laughs> gosh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, there's, there's kind of that adage yeah. that like if you're a single dude, you're less appealing than if you show that you can commit to a relationship. And that's hmm. some scuzzy dudes take advantage of that. And some stupid girls yeah. think, he won't cheat on me just because he cheated on his significant other with me. Does I'm special. Yeah. So that's Gosh. still a thing. And I feel like Ashley was playing that long game. Yeah. He could have his cake and okay. Yeah, that, I don't want to finish that because that has some dirty connotations to it. That's great. <laughs> um, and I also hated Prissy so much. Oh, uh, yeah. Oh, my God. That was one of the most annoying. She herself, the actress, yeah. hated that. Role. She thought that character was horrible. Yeah. Oh, good. I was yeah. going to say, is she really just like the opposite of the girl from yeah. the Police Academy movies? And <laughs> <laughs> like, I was like, oh, God, stop talking. But I mean, <laughs> I mean, good on her for playing yeah. the part, despite, despite yeah. not liking the part. Yeah. Like I guess Rhett or um I, I don't uh, know if I want to say good on her because I don't think she did a good job with it. I feel like But it was know, a shittily that. written character. You know, but you didn't have to read it like like that. You know, you can still play a, a bad character and, and read it well, kind of like um in, in Showgirls, a lot of the actors, it was horrible writing and a horrible yeah. story, but they still did what they could do, yeah. you know. Yeah, Molly did great. The actress did great in that role, yep. even though it didn't, and none of her motivations yep. made sense. <laughs> yeah, I thought other acting was kind of okay in Showgirls, but the but, but that, the dialogue that character was the worst. Prissy, I just, uh, yeah. I just, I don't understand. Was she, how was she the best actress for that role? I don't. Know. Was she and, supposed to be mentally ill? I think like, she was supposed like to be you high. said when she was looking for supposed to be out there looking yeah. for the doctor because what's her name Melanie was having the baby yeah and she comes back and she's like singing in the singing. street like, what was that I don't understand I did not what get that was that I think that they were trying either. to make it show that they're not educated but they're happy maybe and I think they just failed <laughs> okay. at it because I thought and a lot where of would the they she... be without the white folk oh, yeah mean, and like because they reference like oh the you know the singing you know echoing in the fields and right. how wonderful that is so i think maybe they were trying to bring the soulfulness of that don't in there you, or hey something, guys but, don't uh, you miss the days when you used to sing all day in a field <laughs> when Wasn't you that were slaves great? you sang like birds <laughs> <laughs> yeah but oh man yeah all of that slavery and all of the the house servants you know and the way they were treated and objectified like that it was just so awkward to watch just based on how all of us were probably raised like we just simply yeah you, you know like the way i was raised i mean there is no colors everybody's the mm-hmm. same we're all the mm-hmm. same you know my my mom was such a hippie and um still is really but she you know we were raised like that and every time i watch something like that and like at the beginning somebody is saying hey boy come here you know, it's like, oh, uh, my gosh. Like in Casablanca. Yeah, yeah. Where the, the yeah. man in yeah. his 50s playing piano and she's like, who's that boy? Who's that boy? I'm like, oh, my God. <laughs> Did you just Well, they call that? them all darkies throughout the yeah, whole darkies. movie. Oh. You got to be firm with yeah, the darkies. I mean, and it's, I, I wouldn't so be so weirded out because honestly, like 12 Years a Slave is a movie I saw and I don't need to see it again because it was so amazing. But it didn't bother me so much 
that they were trying to tell that story because of the reality of it. Yes. Mm-hmm. And that's why yes. this bothered me because right. it wasn't right. real. You know, it was like fake forced. I don't know what you're trying to say about yeah. slavery <laughs> right. that bothered me. If yeah. it was yeah. them being mistreated and objectified, yeah. you know, cool because people need to be aware that that happened mm-hmm. so it doesn't happen again. But to right. be weird flip floppy like, oh, they're happy and yeah. now everything's yeah. ruined because – now they're going hungry and whatever. It's yeah, I thought like, about that when I was watching it. Um, this whole movie wanted you to sympathize with the, the white Southerners. Yes, mm-hmm. the rich white Southerners yeah. who own plantations. Who were rich. Yeah. And isn't it sad they are losing everything? And then got Not filthy really. rich again. <laughs> yeah, poor guys. Mm-mm. Poor girls. I'll never go hungry again. What, because you didn't have a late night snack? <laughs> You've been fine until now. <laughs> was that she pulled a carrot out of the ground or was that a potato and she started eating it and then she threw it up? You guys remember that? Right before she Did does that, that whole, yeah, it was, right before she was that whole, um, and I will never, right before intermission. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, well, wash it off that. first, Scarlett. I don't know. Jeez. I didn't understand what that was supposed to say. Maybe it's, maybe it's, <laughs> I think maybe they were trying to say that they haven't had food in a while because I know that if you are starving, you're not supposed to eat too much and because your body doesn't know what to right. do with it anymore. So and she ate a raw potato. It, so. Yeah, I just and... think it was like a spoiled <laughs> carrot or something. <laughs> okay. like, I'm so hungry, I eat anything. Yeah, yeah, okay. Maybe, but I just oh, the whole yeah. movie is just a bunch of maybe they were trying to do the, you know instead yeah. of the oh no clearly this happened it's just mm, guesses because I <laughs> they failed <laughs> failed yeah. at making it clear. Any other thoughts we have before we go to trivia? Because I mean we're kind of shitting on this movie, all of us. We don't have, <laughs> we don't have anybody who's just like you guys are wrong. So I feel one of the reasons I like doing the trivia for this is I feel it gives some context at least to the time or something mm-hmm. that might be interesting. Maybe it won't be interesting. I don't know, but let's see. So one thing I thought was kind of at first certain things about Clark Gable, I thought were pretty cool. Like how he wasn't going to go to the premiere because mm-hmm. Hattie wasn't allowed to go. But then I heard that, or I read that Clark Gable was so distressed over the requirement that he cry on film. Like when he's trying to, you know, mm-hmm. when, Melanie's comforting him. They almost quit, and I'm like, "Dude, you're an actor." <laughs> Can like, I just really so quick, stupid. I just want to say, I I am shocked with the amount of divas that are actually out there and that have had <laughs> successful careers yeah. because I just worked with an actress that I won't name, but uh, she she's been very very successful. Is all I'm going to say. And we were on set yesterday, and she was like, she'd be stopping in midline because there's some distant faint barking down the neighborhood somewhere. And she would blame the dog for her not being able to stay in character. This successful actor. And I'm just thinking, wait, what this Hmm. is, this really happening? It was that all day. It was just one thing after another about, I can't do my job because of you. You know, I can't do my job because of this. And it just reminds me of like, what what actor like if this is your job this is your job why would it be something like oh my gosh i have to cry in this no no i can't do this like what yeah you realize why you're playing you... a character how right? many male yeah. leads cried during the movies that were being made in that era though probably yeah. not a lot but wouldn't this help stand him apart as a powerful actor or maybe it would fuck up his image as the tough guy gentleman yeah. who's smooth i don't know maybe i, don't know. I mean obviously Real fucking diva of you. Yeah. I will not do it if I have to shit I tears. If I have to pretend. Just fucking do it, man, and we can move on with yeah. the next scene. Uh, the film script changed almost daily, and the cast did not receive a final version oh of the gosh. script until the film was completed. Jesus. That would oh, suck. Make sense. Okay. 
that makes sense. <laughs> I love, see, I love this. I love that um, we have so much respect for the process that we can at least cut the crew and cast a break, even if yeah. maybe the uh, people that planned the movie out still should get a slap on the wrist. And this brings up a point that we had previously here. The Brazilian version shows Scarlett always wearing a large A covering her bosom, signifying that she was an adulterer, which she actually was not. But since the church never recognized her many divorces, um, not all of which were shown in the film, thus the censors required this strange labeling of the main character. Oh. Mm-hmm. So I thought that was like the scarlet letter, basically. Well, then yeah. they, they wouldn't have let her get married again if the church didn't recognize the divorce. Right? Well, the husband's died, so don't, you don't, you're just a widow. You're not right. a um, divorcee. She was only going to get divorced from Rhett Butler. Well, so and, only gonna be but one. there were other characters in the story that she was married and divorced. There's really? even more men oh whose lives oh she ruined. <laughs> oh, my God. For power. The estimated wow. production cost was $3.9 million. Yeah. Um, at the time, only Ben Hur and Hell's Angels had cost more, but it made a lot of money and adjusted for inflation, it would be the highest grossing movie ever at like four billion. What? Mm-hmm. So, but that's obviously judged for inflation. Oh, mm-hmm. uh, let's see what else. Uh, oh, Michael Jackson reportedly paid over one point five million to purchase the Best Picture Oscar for this. Oh, wow. Why? That's an unnecessary buy. Well, he wasn't a very good budgeter. Yeah, he didn't spend his money in the most practical ways. (laughs) That's for sure. After the film finished shooting, there were 88 hours of footage. Oh, lordy. And that's back friggin' film. That's a lot of film to go through. The film sequence that is commonly referred to as the burning of Atlanta was not the actual burning of the city by General Sherman in November 1864. Instead, the scene represents the night two months earlier when the retreating Confederate army torched its ammunition dump to keep the Union army from capturing them. Oh, that wasn't hmm. at all the vibe I got from nope, that scene. Not at all. I had that as the Yankees were trying to burn the yeah, place down. I thought that too. Yeah. Didn't uh, it say that? Because they were running away. Yeah. Well, but some of the some of the dialogue was blaming the Yankees for what was happening. Yeah. So I think my assumption was the Yankees were the ones doing the burning. No, well, Red right, said, "Oh, don't worry, my dear. They're just burning the ammunition so the Yanks don't get it." And then that's it comes oh, out, yeah. and then he's just like, "Oh, they're gonna burn this whole place down if they're not mm-hmm. careful." So they burn themselves up. I yeah. Gotcha. Okay. yeah, which makes sense. It's like Classic I don't want you to take all the ammunition. Yeah. <laughs> Vivian Lee later said she hated kissing Clark Gable because yeah. of his bad breath, yeah. probably caused by his false teeth, a result of excessive too. smoking. Mm. I heard he had a really bad halitosis. He was famous for yeah. bad breath. I believe it. That sucks That's to gross. be famous for that. Oh, my God. That must have been bad. I thought this was interesting. So the the scene with all all the Confederate army in the the hospital, like the the big mm-hmm. area where they're being treated and stuff like that, mm-hmm. uh, half of the bodies there were dummies. Mm-hmm. They weren't actual people. So like eight hundred dummies and eight hundred extras. Oh yeah. wow! Um, during filming, Vivian Lay reportedly smoked four packs of cigarettes a day, oh my God. while Clark Gable smoked three a day throughout his career. Three packs. Oh, let's see. What else? Oh, yeah. So there was two different directors. Do we know this? Yeah. yeah. I did not. So uh, George, I'm going to murder this, Cooker, mm-hmm. 
was um was the first director and he was fired um and just the thought he's he was gay but the the reason he was fired by the producer is he thought he would be unable to properly direct the love scenes between Rhett and Scarlett because he was gay. What? Hence, he was replaced by macho director Victor Fleming. Although he was dismissed from the production, Cooker continued to privately coach both Vivian and Olivia at the request on weekends, unbeknownst yeah. to the director and producer. So I thought that was kind of mm-hmm. interesting. Hmm. Um, oh, this is cool. So when Clark Gable pours Mammy to drink... Mm-hmm. Um, for a joke, one of the takes he put actual alcohol in it. <laughs> so I thought that was kind of cool. That's I think that's yeah. a funny recurring joke that happens mm. because in Back to the Future, uh, in like a flask or something that Marty has to drink, they replaced it with alcohol too. Oh, so there's an yeah. outtake on the on the Blu-ray where he drinks it. it all up. Yeah, and he kind of gives a look, and everyone's laughing offset. So I think that's pretty funny. So oh, this is interesting. So the writer of the book, Margaret Mitchell. Uh, the producer, David Sel- Selznick, mm-hmm. uh, he begged her to critique every aspect of the production. In An intensely private person, she gave one criticism of the facade of the design for Terra, which was ignored. Mm-hmm. So the, one, the oh, first thing God. that she criticized was ignored. So afterwards, she refused to comment on any aspect of the film. Yep. She's like, why bother? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Good for her. Gonna do what you're going to do. So this is interesting. Very few of the principal cast members liked the characters they were portraying, which I would hope so because they were all awful. (laughs) They're awful people. Clark Gable was um, induced into accepting his role through arrangements to divorce his current wife and marry Carol Lombard. Mm -hmm. So basically give him enough money to divorce his current wife to marry somebody else. (laughs) That's why he took this role. Yeah. Rand Brooks, who played Scarlett's first husband, Charles Hamilton, was actually a rough outdoorsman who objectified to playing a wimpy character. Butterfly McQueen disliked the negative stereotype of her character. She played Prissy. Leslie Howard felt he was too old for the role of Ashley and Mm -hmm. complained that his costumes made him look like a fairy doorman at a hotel. (laughs) So insensitive. So, yeah, yeah. So uh, the first scene that was shot was the burning of the Atlanta Mm. Depot filmed uh, or there was a major mistake during the filming. The entire film. Oh, if there was a major mistake during the filming, the entire thing would have had to been scrapped. Um, It says they actually burned many old sets that needed to be cleared from the studio back lot, including sets from the Garden of Allah and the Great Wall set from King Kong. The fire cost 25000 and yielded 113 minutes of footage. It was so intense that Culver City residents jammed the telephone lines thinking MGM was burning down. Mm-hmm. So I thought that was yeah, kinda crazy. pretty intense. Uh, Vivian Leigh worked for 125 days and received about $25,000. Clark Gable worked only for 71 days and received over 120000 So that's fair. Hmm. <laughs> Uh, so, oh, this is funny. So Gary Cooper turned down the role of Rhett Butler. When he turned it down, he was totally against the character. He is quoted saying, Gone with the Wind is going to be the biggest flop in Hollywood history. I'm just glad it'll be Clark Gable who's falling on his face and not Gary Cooper. Oh, hurtful. Yeah. You know, it's funny is I've never heard of the guy you just quoted. So, uh, <laughs> yeah. Oh. So this is actually the first color film to win the best picture Oscar. Uh, we already talked about the whole Hattie 
Daniel not being able to attend the premiere and Clark Gable was pissed about that and she convinced him to go to the premiere. And lastly, of the trivia I found interesting was Hattie is actually the first African-American to be nominated for and win an Academy Award. Mm -hmm. So I thought that was pretty interesting. So it definitely paved the way and I do get why AFI and other places regard it as what it is because of its history. Now, my question is, do we do we agree that it's one of the best films ever made currently? Because once again, we don't grade on a curve here on this podcast. (laughs) So what's what are we thinking? What? No, it was a big production for the time. For the time it was. You know, we put it back in that perspective. I think it was pretty, pretty impressive. Pretty epic. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, Based off all the movies made sense. No. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I would actually kick it off the entire same thing with Casablanca. It's got so many questions. Yeah. Unanswered. It's definitely one of those time sensitive things. Yeah. It was so about the time that they were talking about. Like Casablanca was such a patriotic thing because America was going through it. It was going through right then. America for you. I, <laughs> I just want to say I'm looking at the IMDb and they, uh, the character description for some of the characters is like Ellen, his wife, yeah, or <laughs> Susan. Well, because it's neighbor. a story about about a that family. Yeah. yeah, it's a story about two families basically. Even though we follow Scarlet through the whole thing, mm-hmm. yeah. And I agree. So I don't. Good. I don't think it holds up. I really don't. I don't think. I mean, I think it's too stage play. Like we talked about it with Scarlett's acting. I think she's wonderful, but her acting was one of those things where if it was on a stage, it would be important for her to convey to the you, the audience, that she's talking shit. Mm-hmm. But as a movie, yeah. I'm like, why? They're looking right at her. Why don't they see that she's not meaning anything that she's saying? Based on her track record of constantly talking shit. But even everybody. with her with her look, which is like, yeah, I'll marry you. But the look on her face is like, I don't want to marry yeah. you. It's like, why aren't they seeing this? Look, look I at know. her face. Look at her face right now. Because she's mighty pretty. Yeah, that's so, yeah, I would agree. So now it's time for the Tomorrowland segment. Okay. What do we think happens in the story after the movie ends? I would like to think that karma finally catches up with her. And uh, this is my wishful thinking. What actually happens is probably... <laughs> The same thing that always happens in her life and she'll get everything she wants until she dies. Hmm. But um, as far as what I'd like to happen, I'd like her to uh, change. That would be great if karma bit her in the ass so hard that she's thinking, okay, now I I really need to figure out what I want to be instead of who I'm chasing or what I think <laughs> is going to make me happy or something. But I think in the, in that world and maybe how she was raised or something, she's probably pretty ignorant and there's not a whole lot she can do about it or the world can do about it to change her. That's pretty deep. I was just going to say, out of wedlock, baby with Ashley. Go, Chris. <laughs> <laughs> I think she goes back to Tara, um, eventually loses her mind like her father. Oh, yeah, maybe. And starts talking, because you know the father, well, I had to ask Mrs. O'Hara about it, even though she was dead. I yeah. think she does that with Bonnie. Like, no, no, don't worry. No, Rhett will be back. He's just waiting uh, for me and Bonnie or whatever. I'd love you know? to go out to the social party, but Bonnie's not been feeling that well. Mm-hmm. So I need to stay Yeah, I think she, just, so she spends the rest of her days by herself in that house going crazy. Hmm. I can see that. I think they, I know she's like, I'm going to go back to Tara and then I'm going to find a way to get 
Rhett back. Mm. I don't think she ever sees him again. Yeah. Uh, I think she marries someone oh. else because I think she just marries out of convenience. If it's services. Uh, he dies mysteriously. Um, <laughs> but no, I don't know. Probably like I, dysentery or yeah, something. Yeah, I'm sure. Because like all of her husbands died from like bad luck, basically. Yeah. Like bad or the one guy was, was he, I forgot, the second husband. How did he die? Was he he shot old? in the head because she That's yelled right. at That's him right. for not defending her when That's she almost right. got raped in the forest. That's right. And he went she out there. And oh, he, that's yeah. Right. yeah, that's right. I forgot all about that. We didn't even touch on that. Yeah, that's That was awful. messed up. But the, she's hor- no, she's a horrible person. We yeah. touched on that. Yeah. <laughs> so I don't feel they ever get back together. I feel she gets married to someone else if it suits her needs, if it's a means to an end. But she's constantly, like she used to chase Ashley, she's constantly trying to find Rhett and find him like that's her new goal Mm because now he finally doesn't want her so now he's appealing to Mm -hmm. her because that's what she likes she likes emotionally unavailable men that's her that's her jam (laughs) um and I think Rhett is probably chasing I think he gets to the point where he starts chasing after married women because I think he's now at an age where it's like you know, he's mm-hmm. he likes the unattainable. He likes the chase, mm-hmm. and he likes kind of doing the whole mind mess with your mind to try yeah. and convince you to be with me. And I yeah, think because he's built as a crook the whole time, so mm-hmm. I think he probably yeah. does go on as some kind of con artist and maybe cons women, married women out of their relationships, and then leaves them. And then when he's older, he cons widows out of their money. <laughs> I just think he's in London, just living it up. Getting millions, probably sleeping around every Oh, he's night. for he's for sure Definitely at brothels. His, yeah. I mean, yeah, yeah. that's. I, think, I don't. I don't, I don't think he's getting married or anything like that. You don't think like he's gonna again. marry what's her face, little pink dress girl? Maybe <laughs> he yeah, seemed maybe. to. Uh, he seemed to have. He's Belle. Kind of a friendship. He's with getting yeah. that milk for free. Uh, There's an understanding. She used to look out. Oh, you can ask Belle, and we yeah. were there. So obviously they have some history, and she has um, his back. Mm. Probably had a thing. So that's that's where I think it's headed. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, basically, it's two awful people getting what they want, mostly. So, mm-hmm. wherever it's headed, let's just all be glad it's over. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yes. I don't need to know where it goes. Thank you. All right. So, let's let's move on to if we were to remake this. Once again, I feel it's important to give the disclaimer that seeing as how we always would cast her in everything and we don't want to rely on that anymore, we're just going to assume that Amy Adams' schedule makes it where she just can't. She just can't make this remake. So she's just too busy, guys. We want her. Sorry, Amy. Sorry. Oh, she's sorry. She's the one that can't make <laughs> yeah, it. She, she has scheduling to, problems. But she can't. Yeah. So, Chris, let's start with your remake. Okay. Uh, for Scarlet, I have Eva Green. Okay. Who she's this main character in Penny Dreadful, Sin City 2. Um, I think she 300. Could, yeah. Three, uh, second 300. Yeah. The second 300. Um, I think she could play that manipulative. She has cold eyes if she wants them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But also warm eyes if she wants them, and that'd be great for a manipulative character. Yeah, I think she could work well in that getting what she wants, despite how it makes other people feel type of character. Um, For Rhett, uh, I got to give another role to my main man, George Clooney. Clooney. Mm, I almost, that was my second choice. You know, darker, it's obvious. older it's dude, obvious. Yeah. smooth yeah. as hell. He's the obvious choice because that's him. You're a fox, Clune. Yes, <laughs> silver fox. Um, for Melanie, I have Rachel Weiss. Oh, Is that okay. How you say? Yeah, Weiss. Yeah. Weiss. Weiss. Yeah. Weiss. Either way. Um, I thought she would be the great like. Yeah. 
I'm saying yeah. she, she is Melanie was like a saint in this movie, mm-hmm. which all she did was try to help people. Yeah. The soldiers. Oh, I don't I'm not gonna leave Scarlet. I wanna make sure they're here because if my husband's messed up, I hope some woman's taking care of him. So I think she could have that kind of uh good air about her, yeah. you know? Um Ashley, uh Michael Fass- Fassbender, obviously. Yeah, I think that he was that my choice sure. too. Because we all were watching and we're like, hey, oh, that's Michael Fassbender mm-hmm. and Prometheus, right? Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. Um, and then for the director, um, there's uh, he directed this movie called Love in the Time of Cholera. Um, oh, yeah. oh. And that's a, like a lengthy love movie. What's his name? Uh, Mike Newell. Yeah, okay. Um, and then he did Donnie Brasco too. Yeah. Which He's is, good at sprawling epics. Yeah, and I thought that he could... Tackle another lengthy love story like this, so that that's my uh, that's my list. Nice. Would you keep it at four hours, or would you cut it down to two and a half? Jesus Christ, I'd cut would, it down to an hour and a half. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's all you needed to last. Story, minute, yeah, for sure. Amy? All right. So um, I have for Scarlet, I have Rose Byrne. Mm-hmm. I like it. Nice. And then, yeah, I love um, her. And then um, for Ashley, I have Neil Patrick Harris. Okay, I can see that. Uh, you know, because, yeah, he gave Megan probably goof it up a little bit. Well, I mean, in I Gone like Girl, yeah. he was pretty straight. Yeah, he was. Mm-hmm. Yeah. In more exactly. ways than one. I mean, Ashley, you just, I mean, he wasn't that strong of a masculine character. I didn't get the whole draw, but anyway. Um, for Melanie, I have Jennifer Garner. Okay, okay. Yeah, yeah, I like that. She's, you know, very She's sweet. She's a sweetheart. She's sweet in real life, too. Oh, okay. Me. Good to know. Um. For let's see, and then for Rhett Butler, I have Bradley Pitt. Oh. Bradley Pitt. Remember in Inglorious Bastards, he had that kind of like really thin mustache, mm-hmm. just like um, Red Butler. But I mean, he's a pretty good uh, drama actor. You just you know get past his amazing looks. <laughs> Did you have a director? I didn't. Uh, I, well, that's fine. I had a hard time with that. Yeah, too. Yeah, it was tough. I'm Renee. saying. Uh, for director, I want Paul Thomas Anderson, the director of There Will Be Blood, because mm, he yeah. did a magnificent job of taking like a desolate kind of world where there's just a whole lot of tragedy yeah. and awful people and no real winner, but no one kind of mm-hmm. gets punished except for the people that are stupid enough to get caught kind of thing. Yeah. I love the way he made that movie. So I bet if he took, if he tackled this, he could somehow make it enjoyable like it. all throughout. Um, I think I might break it up, though. Like I was saying, I felt like I was watching multiple movies, so I would yeah. do it like a two-part mm-hmm. movie, do one and then have a sequel. No, like Lord of the Rings, you know it's two parts. Mm-hmm. Um, for my cast, I'd like to see Kate Mara attempt um, oh, okay. the lead because um, I, uh, I kind of remi- – she reminded me of um, The House of Cards. She kind of plays this character that's really in it for herself and yeah. a little spoiled and maybe yeah. used to getting what she yeah. wants, but she had a real – genuine struggle with also what she was dealing with. So I, f- I feel like either her or I don't really, I'm not sure now cause I haven't seen her in a while, but Natalie Portman was my second choice mm-hmm. for her. Um, for Rhett, I have Robert Downey Jr. Yep. Because yes. I think he for would sure. kill yeah. that role. Mm-hmm. Uh, Clooney was a choice for that as well. And then Daniel Day Lewis because of Paul Thomas Anderson, um, having had them work together. I was curious just to see okay. what his take on it would be. Cause it would be different, but I think so good because of how like method that guy is. Um, for Melanie, I have Marion Col- Cotillard. Mm-hmm. Um, for I had Michael Fassbender for my uh, Ashley as awesome. well. For the first hubby, I picked Nicholas Holt 
Um, I just think he's a good actor, and I know it's mm-hmm. kind of a short role, but I feel like he could he's good at playing kind of that uh, <laughs> like nervous kind of character. Um, for the second husband, I want to see Paul Giamatti because I just love him <laughs> as an actor, <laughs> and yeah. I feel like he he would do a cool like oh I feel so bad for him because he's rich and he just like oh my gosh you'll marry me and whatever you know just kind of. Yeah. And then for um, the sister, uh, um, I was thinking Sophie Turner that plays Sansa in, How- in um, Game of Thrones. She's playing the new Jean Grey in X-Men Apocalypse. Oh, yeah? Oh, that's crazy. Yeah. Right. Yep, and that's all That's I your had. list? Awesome. My list. So I had a hard time with the director. I was trying to think mm-hmm. who does sprawling epics and does them with care and legitimacy so i chose peter jackson Mm -hmm. i thought that would be pretty interesting um but yeah that was really hard for me it was really hard to come Mm -hmm. up with something i like the ones you guys picked i think those are pretty great um spot on but yeah i felt like peter jackson could really do this and he'd bring up that epicness for sure yeah Yeah. he would smartly i mean if he's splitting up a super short children's book into three movies i think he would have the foresight which i really do feel like this could be remade as a four-part TV miniseries. Sure. Because I really do feel like there was four, like, different eras going on, you know, four different, like, points in history. It's like, this is what's happening during these events, during the Civil War, and this, and this. I feel like, and, you know, he would definitely be like, let's split it up. And he's good enough for the studio to say, okay. Uh, For Rhett Butler, initially I had George Clooney because it's so just him. Mm -hmm. But... Then I got to thinking, you know, who'd be awesome at this? Timothy Oliphant. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. 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 I think that would be pretty awesome. So that's the one I chose for that. Uh, For Scarlet, I have Anne Hathaway. Mm -hmm. I think that that would be pretty good because I feel she could add layers where you would kind of see what everyone Mm -hmm. else saw in Scarlet instead of wondering, like, what the hell do people see in this horrible (laughs) human being? Yeah. Uh, Let's see. For Ashley, I have Sebastian Stan. I thought for the Winter Soldier. Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I thought he would definitely be a good choice for this. So, I mean, you know, he just seems like a very sweet, Mm -hmm. ethical guy. You know, just a good person. Mm -hmm. Uh, For Melanie, I have Emily Van Camp, who she plays Agent 13 in Captain America Mm -hmm. 2. The one, if you've seen it, she's the one who pretends to be his neighbor who's a nurse, but actually is one of the non-corrupted S.H.I.E.L.D. people. Um, she's just very sweet, very beautiful, very just just seems like just a wonderful person. Right. And that's really what Melanie is. I mean, she's like the heart, mm-hmm. the only heart in this yeah. movie. Yeah. <laughs> and lastly, for Mammy, I have Gaburi Sidibi. Okay. So I think I think the the actress who played Precious would be a pretty pretty sure. great pretty great Mammy. Yeah. Um <laughs> mm. anyway. So so yeah, so that's Okay. That's that. And then Perfect. next week we so we're going from Gone with the Wind. Um we are next week going to be doing Alien. Yes. Yes. Nice. Oh my god, yay. Yes, so that's going to be pretty pretty awesome. Yay. So we did it guys. Let's do plugs. Renee, what you got? My name is Renee Michelle Aranda. I am on Twitter and Instagram at Ren Makara, R E N M I C A R A. I am a freelance uh Product, uh, pro, I can't even talk anymore. I'm so tired, guys. It's been <laughs> such a long week. Producer for Star Park Studios. I'm an in-house producer for Plus Entertainment, where we make uh, made-for-TV features for Spanish television. 
And I recently got hired at a union casting agency called Select Cast in the Jeff Rice building. So we uh, now fund or we now cast uh, paid union gigs for actors. So if you have any uh, headshot and resume for me, you can send it to Select Cast with a K for Select. So S E L E K T Cast at Gmail dot com uh, for that. If uh, and then if you are looking for non union work and just want to build your resume and aren't comfortable yet. You can go ahead and go to Clear Canvas Casting on Facebook, and that's where I post kind of my smaller passion projects and non-paid stuff uh, in case you just want to get some experience. Um, other than that, I am super excited because I just got to work with uh, James Franco's producer. Uh, he's the one that did In Dubious Battle and I Am Michael, and we hit it off pretty well, and we're looking to see how we can help each other out with our networks, so I'm pretty stoked about that. Oh, nice. Congratulations awesome. Thank you so you. much. Got a lot uh, of stuff it. going. Amy? Good for you. Thank you. Hello, I am Amy, and I am a freelance publicist, public relations specialist. Um, I freelance in film and TV and events. Um, Got LA Film Festival coming up this very week, and it coincides with E3. So it's going to be a real big mix (laughs) downtown LA of like the E3 people and then the Mm -hmm. LA film festival. So take Uber or the Metro. Seriously, yeah, absolutely. Avoid the 10. I know. I know. Um, you can find me on Twitter at the Amy J J A Y or on Instagram at the Amy Cordova. And I have been Chris Fimbres, a comedian and obvious supporter of the South. And <laughs> I, I have shows coming up at the iOS Theater on Hollywood Boulevard, June twelfth and June nineteenth. You guys should check it out. Also check me out on Facebook. And I'm not going to bring it up because I know you guys are really mad at me. Well, but it's going to happen. Uh, all I'm going to say is it's going to happen soon for mm. you guys. Okay? All right. Mm-mm. It better happen soon. All right. Tomorrow, we'll next week, phone. let's come together with some options for his handles. For his all right. Okay. And it, that'd be great. Okay. Okay. Perfect. Remember, you I need asked your guys' help. All right. right. I can't do this social media <laughs> on my own. Okay. <laughs> it's hard. All right. And I am Noah Kinsey. All the information about the Azikab Network will be on the description. So just go in there. There's links and information there. Yay. So that's it, guys. All right. Uh, See you guys next week for (laughs) Alien. This has been an Azikab Media production. Executive producers Noah Kinsey and Brian Nicholas. For more information, visit ozzycop.com. 